There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan on Courts 96 FM. 1850-715-996 is the number to call. The text to WhatsApp 083-396-9696. Your email is always opinion at 96fm.ie. You know what? That was an incredible game of hurling yesterday. A phenomenal game of hurling and a great result and a great day for the Rockies. But was there any excuse for this at all? So this is a video, massive crowds, down outside the club, clearly no social distancing going on, not a mask to be seen. It was like normal times at the end of the match. It was a parade and in fact, it was advertised on social media. No, not necessarily by the club itself, but like this, outside the club, in the middle of a pandemic, while at the very same time, Neffet were meeting in Dublin with their heads in their hands going what the hell are we going to do lads this thing is getting out of control again you get it it's a great day for the Rockies but that's not acceptable at the moment it's not allowed let alone acceptable PJ I'm absolutely furious it's an email we got, but what I saw in Black Rock yesterday, the two local schools had confirmation and communion on Friday, my child included. They weren't even allowed to have siblings with them. And to see all these people out on the streets with no social distancing, I'm absolutely shocked. It's a disgrace. And that email is from a Black Rock lady who doesn't wish to be named. And a lot of people were commenting last evening on our social media and the club's social media and just generally speaking disgusted and, and annoyed at, at what happened at Black Rock yesterday evening. And you know what? If I was a Rockies fan, if I was a Rockies supporter, if I was a member of the club, whatever, I could, I, I would be thrilled with the win. You know, you'd be win, thrilled with the win for your local club. Can imagine, you know, what it would be like if, if Nemo said one another county yesterday, all right? But you can't do that at the moment. Now, there are no answers from any of the club officers this morning. A uh, source, county board level says, refer to what they said. They refer to what they said last Thursday. Put that back up again there for me, Deke. It's gone before I had a chance to read it. They effectively are saying it's a matter for the club. 
the county board. I, I don't think I agree with that. The county board need to have something to say about this. There's got to be some sanction because this was hundreds of people. Hundreds of people down in Black Rock yesterday evening. No social distancing. Not a mask in sight. Not a mask in sight. And nothing. Nothing. We have been trying to contact the officers of the club and there's been no answer at all so far this morning. The county board say it's a matter. A matter for the club. What do you think? 1850-715-996. Were you down there? Would you have gone down there? There was lots of video, lots of photographs, so there had to be loads of people watching it as well as people taking part in it. What do you think? 1850-715-996. And then, of course, in the midst of all of that, we got A, the numbers for the day, and B, we got the news that Neffet was holding what was effectively, they didn't use the word, but they were they were holding what was effectively an emergency meeting. They were meeting on Sunday... Tony Holohan, who's not due back at work until today, was chairing an extraordinary meeting on a Sunday evening and a recommendation would come from it to go to the government. That was all happening at the same time as these scenes were being played out down on in, in Black Rock. Now, we have reached a man called Fergal McCarrick. He is the club secretary and at this point says that they have no comment. They're entitled to say they have no comment. At least we managed to reach them. But a lot of people were disgusted about it. And let's look at the numbers. Let's look at the numbers for Cork, okay? And I have an interesting statistic, an interesting comparison for you. So we do the 14-day numbers, as you know. We take today's date and we go back 14 days, or yesterday's date, which is the last set of figures we got, and we go back 14 days so from 14 days back on October the 5th, which is today, we have 569 cases in Cork City and County. 569 cases, Cork City and County, for the last 14 days. Go back to the 5th of September, we had 46. The 5th of August, we had 15. 5th of July, for the previous 14 days, we had 7 cases across Cork City and County. Go back to the 5th of June. We were just coming off the end of lockdown. Things were good. We we had it licked. We were coming out the end of lockdown. And we had 101 cases in two weeks. Now, 101 cases in two weeks on the 5th of June. Today is the 5th of October. We've had 101 cases this weekend. So, then last evening, Neffet was meeting... An extraordinary meeting. Uh, one called on a Sunday, which we didn't... I don't think we've ever had one called at short notice on a Sunday. Took the government by surprise. Took everybody by surprise. And then last evening, we all thought, OK, they're going to say bring us all up to level three. And maybe some places to level four. And it was in the newspaper yesterday morning that we might be all brought up to level three with Dublin and Donegal on level four. But no, Neffet announced at the end of last evening that they want us all up to level 5, quick smartish. Level 5 is effectively where we were in March, with the schools still open and one or two small variations. Effectively, it's lockdown, part 2, would be level 5. And of course, look, not, there's more layers than a badly made lasagna before a decision's actually made. But last evening I spoke with Professor Kingston Mills, 
Uh, he's the Professor of Experimental Immunology in the School of Biochemistry and Immunology at Trinity in Dublin. We've spoken to Kingston a number of times and I, I put it to him at the, t- at the time we spoke, Neffet were still meeting, so we hadn't had a, d- a decision from them. But at the time we spoke, I put it to him that, uh, you know, I asked him, I said, you know, straight out, Professor Kingston Mills, are we in a crisis? We're getting close to it. Um, 613 reported positive tests yesterday, 364 on Sunday. So that's, um, you know, huge numbers compared with where we were in in June and July. Um, I suppose the good thing is um, we still don't have anything like the number of deaths earlier in the pandemic, but the numbers of people in hospital is now up to 134 in ICU 22. So those numbers have been been rising steadily over the last few weeks. And that's not what we want to hear. Um, a lot of the cases are in the younger population, um, something that, that, that the highest percentage are actually in the, in the 50 to 24-year-olds, whereas in the earlier part of the pandemic, it was in the, in the older population. So that's changed significantly compared with what it was in, in, in um, March and April. So it's, 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 it's generally the younger population that this is affecting now. And that's probably because of uh, workplace um, transmission, uh, colleges, schools, but also um, socialising yeah. and um, meeting in, in, in family gatherings. Is it erroneous to say that, well, because there's so many young people getting it, that that will keep down the mortality rate and the serious illness rates because for young people it's generally a mild illness. Is, is that a statement that should be avoided? In a way, it should be avoided because um, we do know that young people can get very serious illness and can die um, from this infection. So it's not that they're, um, uh, you know, not going to get a serious illness. Less of, less people on a percentage basis of the younger population need to be hospitalised or going to ICU compared with the older population, but it still can uh, cause a lethal disease in, in the younger population. And, and the big risk, of course, is that the younger population can inevitably transmit it mm. to the vulnerable. And um, that's the big problem. And it's not just the younger population that are infected, but it's the younger population that are infected and asymptomatic. And these are the real concern because what's happening with the testing is that um, a significant number of people are being asked to, to go for a test that are not turning up. Um, and there are various reasons for that. Um, but uh, the consequences of it is that um, people are potentially infected and are still going to work and socialising and potentially passing it on to others. And we've seen cases on the media of, of individuals who were in contact with others and, and transmitted to as many as 50 other people. Yeah. So this is a real, real concern of the, the asymptomatic transmitter. Yes. And do you think upscale restrictions, are they almost inevitable now? I'm not a great favour of the, 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 the lockdown. And I think that, you know, stringent... Um, Testing isolation um, is is a better um, mode for for yeah. controlling it, but we're past that now, unfortunately. And in fact, the the, the contact testing and tracing has has sort of the, the, um, hasn't been working recently. Not because of the efforts of the the testers, but because of the public not buying into it. Um, I'm not blaming the public, but I'm asking people that were. 
um, call for a test, please go for the test and mm. isolate yourself until you're told you're negative because these are the people potentially that are the real risk of transmitting it. So to answer your question, do we need further restrictions? Inevitably, this is going to come. I yeah. mean, you know, no matter what we do, if we have, uh, you know, 600 cases on one day and the weekend and, and, and nearly 400 on the second day of the weekend, then we're at a, we're at a, in a position where it's going to be impossible to control it without further restrictions. So I will imagine yeah. that we will be seeing further restrictions this week. You say you don't want to lay the blame on the public, and I guess nobody does. But But at the end of the day, it would appear worryingly that Neffet and the government have lost the public a bit. Yeah, there, there is, a, there is a, a concern that that is the case. I think we need to get back public confidence in, in, the, in what has been done, but also to, to try and explain to the public that, you know, this virus can infect people and, they, and some of those people have no symptoms. As many as 50% of people that get infected don't have symptoms, but they can still transmit it. Yeah. That is the single most important Are you thing. saying nothing, not, not even a cough, Professor? Nothing. Nothing. So there's no, there's no evidence at all that they're infected, but they can still transmit it. And that's the big, big worry. So people need to remind, remind, remember that, that if they're called for a test, they're called for a test because they've been in contact with someone that was been infected, and therefore potentially they're infected. They show no signs or symptoms, but they can still transmit it. And that's the, that's the reason we have nearly 50% of the cases we have right now are what's called community spread. This is where we don't know mm. where the origin of the virus has come from. And that is because, um, you know, there are people, and there are some people who are what are called super spreaders. They're, they're very um, infectious and they can spread it to a, a lot of people. But then there are others that are, that, that are mildly infected but can still spread it. And these are the asymptomatics. And these are the ones that really absolutely have to isolate as well as the people that have the symptoms. And of course, isolation, unfortunately, involves for many people giving up work. And we have had the problem with people who can't take time off work because they just won't get paid and they might even lose their job. People need better protection for their jobs. This is the crux of the issue and, and, and the people worrying about their income and losing their jobs if they take time off to isolate. I think we need to look at mechanism to ensure that people who take time off to isolate don't lose their jobs, first of all, and secondly, are compensated through, and, and, and there is a mechanism for doing that with the, with the COVID, COVID payments. So, you know, people need to um, adhere to, to the guidelines on, on the self-isolation. It's only for... Te- 10 or 14 days yeah. and then you know they can get back to work if they've got no symptoms you know by self-isolation professor just does that actually mean staying in your own bedroom for a fortnight or is it okay to confine yourself to your own home People... it's your own home i mean it's almost impossible to if you're living with other family members to to, to stop yourself from transmitting to others within that family grouping um, you know especially husband and wife for example um, I think it may be slightly different with, 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 with children um, but you know people, people who are self-isolating have to assume that they're infected yeah. and those around them take the, 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 the appropriate precautions I've heard of cases of, of, of family members wearing masks in their own home because they know their kids their young teenage or, or adult, uh, young adult children have been um, in contact with people who are potentially infected. So, so you know, these are sort of measures we unfortunately have to go to yeah. if we're going to control this. Let's talk about the other very big story of the weekend, COVID-related, and that is President Trump. Uh, the reports on his condition were mixed over the weekend. He, he seems to be making a, a good fight of this, but 
at 74 years of age and a bit overweight, what are his genuine chances of making a full recovery? Quickly. Well, I, I mean, I, first of all, I, I, you know, we, we have to send our best wishes to, to President Trump. He, you know, he, 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 was, he, was, he, he left himself in the position where um, he didn't perhaps do the sort of measures that I've been advocating and others have been advocating in terms of, of wearing masks, for example, mm. in, in appropriate circles and uh, etc. In terms of his, his risk grouping, he is in the high-risk grouping because he's over 70, he's male, and he's overweight. So those are three risk categories for, for um, COVID-19 um, mortality. Mm. So, you know, the, 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 the over 70s and over 80 even more so, but over 70 is a high risk. Being male is more high risk than female, and overweight obesity is a high risk for, for COVID-19. He's getting the best medical attention you can conceive of, as you probably yeah. uh, are aware. Where, and there's even experimental treatments being used. On well, I wouldn't call them experimental. I mean, there's two drugs he was given. One is remdesivir, which is an antiviral drug, which has, is in phase three trials. And, you know, it's moderately effective at reducing the time people spend in hospital. It's not a magic bullet for, for, for the, um, uh, you know, clearing the virus or anything like that, but it's a moderately effective antiviral agent. And he's also been given this um, cocktail of monoclonal antibodies that uh, this company, Regeneron, who have a base in Limerick right. and are making this drug actually in New York but um, a similar drug would be made in Ireland. And what is it? It's an antibody treatment. Yeah. What is that, Professor? Okay, let me explain. So when, yeah. when the, it's a natural molecule. So when, when somebody gets infected with the virus, they make antibodies against it. And, that's the, and the primary reason for doing that is to stop yourself from getting reinfected. And so when you, when you get infected, you make antibodies. And then if you're, if you're exposed to the virus the second time, the antibodies repel the virus. They stop it from binding to the receptor and stop it infecting in cells. So what this company have done is they've, They've made in the laboratory artificially antibodies that dock onto the virus um, glycoprotein that binds to its receptor and stop it from infecting mm. cells. Are these now, the little spikes that we see in the cartoon of the virus? Exactly. Right. So right. these are the spikes that you see in the cartoon dock onto human cells, and this antibody stops them from docking to human cells. Now, they're most effective in the early stages of an infection because then the virus is still trying to get from one cell to another. Once it's got inside a lot of cells, there's very little the antibody can do about it. So the later stages of infection is not that effective. But given early or prophylactically, it's actually very effective. And, and Regeneron have a number of clinical trials where they have um, given it to people in advanced stages, which it wasn't that effective. But when they gave it to people in an early stage, it was very effective. Yeah. So it looks like it might be a, um, a good treatment for early stage. Yeah, uh, we've been saying since day one, haven't we, that what we, the, two, the two things we need here as preferably a vaccine that is effective and, and works in everybody, but also a medicine that as soon as you're tested positive, you take it, it's quick, it's cheap, and it prevents you from getting any sicker. Yeah, absolutely. And the unfortunate thing about the, what is the thing you just said, cheap, um, this, this, this treatment won't be cheap. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're expensive to produce and they will not be the sort of drug that you can use. They're not really a drug, they're a therapy yeah. that has been given to everybody that, get, that becomes positive. It would be you know, impractical, first of all, to make enough of it. But secondly, yeah. small molecule drugs are easy to make and they're cheap to make. Like remdesivir is a small molecule drug and it's very easy, relatively easy to make and you can make you know, grams of it to treat hundreds of thousands of people. But this is a biologic, it's much right. more complicated to make and expensive so it won't be given to everybody. Yeah. So we're not yet at the point where, no. and we won't be for some time, where I go to the doctor, the doctor says, OK, PJ, your test was positive. Here's a prescription. Take those every day for the next two weeks and you should be fine. No, 
No. Absolutely not. I mean, the best hope we have is um, a vaccine. And things are looking very good on that front. Um, you know, we've got about 12, 11 or 12 um, vaccines now in phase three of testing. And um, we expect to get the, hear the, about the first results of those, you know, um, November, December. Um, they had told that they might have them in October for the American election. Um, the U.S. were pushing it very hard to get that early. But uh, I, I, that, that's very unlikely. Uh, I think if we hear by the end of the year, and then if any one of those are successful, you might see licensure in you know February, March, maybe, and then and then you know rolling it out. Production is already planned, and this is the wonderful thing about yeah. what's happening is they're actually building the factories to make the vaccine in advance of knowing whether they work or not. So that, that, that means they can hit the ground running with a vaccine if one works. And you know if if, if they get the the, the approval to if it's shown to be effective and safe and they get approval for licensure, then they can start producing it very, very quickly and rolling it out sometime in, in the spring of next year right. if, if one works. Right, and you say if one works. But then, of course, it has to start with the most vulnerable, doesn't it? Yep. And by the time it gets to all of us, we really are looking into 2022 um, yeah, I mean, it depends on the type of vaccine. So there are, there, there are a number of vaccines that have been developed. Some of them can be made in very, um, very quickly. These are the nucleic acid-based uh, vaccines, but there are others that are based on a whole inactivated virus, and they're much more cumbersome yeah. to make. So if, if, if that's the one that's successful, we'll be waiting longer. But if it's a nucleic acid-based vaccine, we could produce, you could produce hundreds of billions of doses very quickly. Now, you'll need billions, not hundreds of yeah. billions, because eventually... You know, if you want to get herd immunity in populations, you have to you have to immunise everybody. I mean, everybody from from infants up to to 85 year olds. If you're going to, and of course, there will be people who won't take the vaccine. So you have to get it to at least 75 percent of community if it's going to you know yeah. control the infection. There's something is the term herd immunity is yeah. is bandied about by some yeah. people, particularly when they're quoting the Swedish model, like we've been talking about Sweden for the last few weeks. Herd immunity without a vaccine, not really possible, is it? Yeah, I mean, the, the word, first of all, herd immunity is a dreadful term. And it's really, and I was corrected by um, a colleague of mine recently for using it, even though everybody does. And it's really, a better term is community or population immunity, which means the whole population is immune. And by that, we means we can stop the transmission within the community of the population by, by having enough people um, uh, uh, vaccinated. So... You can also get immunity through natural infection. So when you get infected, you recover. You're very unlikely to get infected again. There's only a couple of cases so far around the world of 25 million people that have been infected that have, have got reinfected. So really, you don't get reinfected, at least in the short term. But these people then will have, have what's called natural immunity. But the problem is that in Ireland, for example, we have about um, between 2 and probably 5% of the population have been infected. The, the estimate is based on an immune surveillance study that was done, which found 3% in Dublin and less than 1% in Sligo. That's where the two sites were. The this was done a few months ago or mm. a few weeks ago. So it's probably more than that now. So I would estimate maybe 5% population. So you need 70% of the population to have been infected to get herd immunity through natural infections. That's just not going to happen in a country like Ireland. Yeah. Parts of New York have around 34% of people 
been affected there there's a, there's a there's a chance that they're closer to it and then we would in Dublin so somewhere like New York is very much less likely to suffer from a serious second wave than than somewhere like Dublin because of the fact there were so many people infected in the first wave I got you I got you just coming back briefly to President Trump for a moment another thing that was very interesting at the weekend was the, the talk about his his oxygen level or they call it in the technical term his sats how important is that in in the, in the treatment well, it's, it, one of the problems with, with, with COVID-19, the severe inflammation of the lung. So they get, a lot of the patients get a pneumonia. So they, you know, g- giving oxygen to help them breathe is a standard th- um, treatment in, in ICU or even when the, before they go to ICU to um, so just make it easier for them to breathe. Because breathing, breathing difficulties is, is, a, is a common complication of, of COVID-19. Yeah. Finally, there in Dublin on Saturday, we had a gathering in Grafton Street of people who just want to do away with masks, do away with anything and just get on with our lives. Effectively, they say it's all a hoax. Does it frustrate you, Professor, to watch this carry on? I mean, I sometimes get emails. I get a lot of messages from people, you know, um, um, being very positive about some of the things that I say, but the odd odd people who who, um, say that it is a hoax and that I shouldn't be, you know, adding to the to the hype around COVID-19, that it's, that, that, it's, that it's not really an issue at all. I mean, I would say to that, look at some of the programmes that have been on the TV yeah. and the articles that have been written about the families of the people where people have died from this infection and the horror stories of people looking at their loved ones on a phone in a hospital where they can't go and visit them because of the restrictions. It is real. People die from this infection and it's horrible. Professor Mills, thank you as always for your time. Thank you. That's Professor Kingston Mills from the Professor for the School of Biochemistry and Immunology at Trinity College. And I spoke to him before Neffet had issued its recommendation last evening that we all go back up to level five. And level five, putting it simply, is pretty much where you were in March and April, but the schools will remain open. Now, how they're going to go about that, I don't know. But effectively going back up to level five would mean, and this is the bit that I'm kind of saying, why? Because we can't have anybody to the house now if we're going to level five. Nobody can come to the house. It'll be back to doing what we were doing. If you want to have a drink with your friends, you do it on Skype on a Saturday night, which we did for, for five or six weeks or longer earlier in the year. It's back to that in level five. But you can put 30 kids in a classroom that's the bit I don't understand. But that's what Neffet have recommended. Straight back to level five for four weeks for all of us. So they issued that in a letter last night. That now goes to the team of civil servants. You know those civil servants with the epidemiology and public health degrees? You know those ones? Oh, oh they don't. Okay. The, t- the civil servants will talk about it today. Then the cabinet subcommittee, which at least has one doctor on it, Leo... Uh, they'll meet and talk about that later then after the civil servants have been over it and then it goes to the cabinet which isn't intending to meet today it's going to meet tomorrow so we might know tomorrow whether or not the government are going to upgrade to level 5 or take us back up to level 5 what do you think? should they? should they? or should they compromise on level 4? or don't we have a chief medical officer to give us advice at a time like this and should we just go and do it? 
If your bed capacity is pushing 100% with normal day-to-day health issues, hundreds of new cases per day for the last few weeks, says Kevin, how long till hospitals are overrun? It's October 5th. The weather hasn't really changed yet. If we don't get ahead of it now, we're going to be screwed. But Mike says, what's the point? Like, you you have the Black Rock thing, but 90% of us are putting on masks like it's unfair. I've gone into shops because of a food business and the amount of abuse staff get from people without masks is an absolute joke. Over a thousand students in Yall Secondary School all going to shop down from school, all going to the shop, thanks Mac, down from the school together, it's a joke. One person gets it, Yall will be wiped out with it. And text regarding the absolute farce that went on in the Rockies at the weekend. Would you be able to get someone from Blackrock Garda Station on to explain why they didn't disperse or manage the situation? That's a question that myself and many friends who are from Blackrock have been asking this morning. We did actually ask the Garda Press Office about this last evening. I'm not too sure that we got uh, anything other than a, a cursory acknowledgement. Texter, who's a Rocky supporter, says, just saw the footage on Twitter. It looks worse than it was. Much bigger crowds in town on a weekend. Outside of the team, the majority were socially distanced on the footpath or walking in their own pods. Families wearing flags and cheering at their gates at the end of their streets. They were addressed briefly on the field and told to make their way home. Caller says the Glen Club was rocking last night with no social distancing, people hugging and kissing each other, and they didn't even win. Disgraceful. Caller is 75, can't go outside the door, and it's killing her. <sighs> yeah, pages and pages of comments on what happened at Blackrock last evening. You cannot explain it away. You just can't explain it away. You can't be doing this in the middle of a pandemic, as Neffet are meeting in Dublin to discuss the ever-increasing number of cases and recommending to the government that we all go back to level five. You just can't be doing that down the Rockies. You can't, like. Coming up next, we'll stick with this one. We'll stick with this one. And if there's any move during the morning as to what exactly will happen now that Neffet have asked us to go back to seven to level five, we'll come to that. But the clampers are at it again. Oh, yeah, they are. Next. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With the indoor self-service laundrette. Now at the Junction Supermarket, Vickers Road. Every day, washing and drying. Done within an hour. Selfservicelaundry.ie This is Cork's Gold Imro Award-winning talk show. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Text or WhatsApp now. 083-396-9696. On Cork's 96FM. Promise we'll come back to whether or not we should go to level five. I'd like your thoughts on it. It's it seems like a very extreme jump from level two to level five, effectively putting us back where we were around Easter time, doing it for four weeks, maybe keeping the schools open at the same time. Whether that's possible, only time I suppose will tell. But what do you think? Like was it inevitable they'd have to do something? But I don't think anybody expected them to tell us last evening, back to level five, lads, for four weeks. I'll leave it with you, 1850-715-996. But Nicolette, they're, they're, they're at it again down in Douglas. Good morning. Good morning, PJ. How are you? Good. What happened to you? Uh, PJ, it's kind of a bit devastating because, just to set the scene, I'm working from home for the past seven months. Okay. And um, after we got the all clear that we're not moving to level three on Tuesday, 
I said, this is an opportunity to meet up with a really close friend of mine, which lost her husband in August. So she lost her husband. I haven't seen her. We've spoken on the phone. I said, this is an opportunity to catch up. And thank God we did do that on Thursday last week. Because as you know, we might be moving to level five. So off I went to Douglas to my local, supporting my local um, restaurants and had a lovely evening. But unfortunately, I made the bad decision to park in the mills. No, the DJ, wooden mills, I, yeah, yeah. The wooden mills, yeah, down just opposite. So if if I may just mention the restaurant, um, so just to give you, you know, where we went, we went to Havare's. One of my favourites, I don't mind telling you. Exactly. So delighted to get a good curry there. So um, it, it was literally, I pulled into the parking around about 20 to 7. I looked around, I looked at the meter, I looked at the timing. So I always park, you know, I go to my local in Douglas um, for some dinner and I always look at the timings. So I looked at to see what time I needed to be. So I know normally on public parking, it's 6.30 after. So I looked around, there was no notice whatsoever to to tell me at all, you know, what times I should park. No, there is a um, pharmacy there and they were closed. So I know all most of the places there close at six thirty. So I was clever enough to kind of book my reservation around about seven. Um well to my surprise, um unfortunately they clamped me at seven PM. Uh, between actually um they clamped me at seven thirty PM. So they uh, observed me between seven and seven thirty. This is what the docket is saying. So I was very surprised that there was no notifications on timings. I had no idea this was a twenty-four hour parking paid parking. Yeah. And yeah. this is my maybe a bit my ignorance, but like after seven months coming out meeting with a friend that that I really needed to catch up with that lost her husband in August, it was a bit devastating for me to come out and think. Sure enough, uh, really at this time of age, you want to support your local. I could have gone to the city. Yeah. There are no for sure I could get parking after 6.30 and won't get crammed. Yeah. I was just kind of a bit let down in terms of the parking, you know, the the agency doesn't support their locals. You, and you I, figured, I, you thought that the pay parking would end with the closure of the shops and the closure exactly, of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Exactly. And, and I wasn't aware, yeah. You're not the That's first it. to be caught like that, Nicolette. You're not it the was, first. And you know, it was Thursday evening, so I was thinking, we do it on Thursday, it's it's quiet enough. Fridays might be, and it was dead. Douglas was dead, I would say. Not the normal Douglas that you would normally know coming oh, yeah. on Thursday. So I don't know how this business is going to survive. Yeah. So days. you had to pay the 125 Oh, yes. You've, you've appealed it then, did you, have you? I have appealed it on the first stages, which came back as rejected. I'm now going to the National um, Transport Authority and I have to do a second appeal to see because it's not, if it was within working hours or, or, or trading hours, I, I totally get that. That's mm. totally my fault. But I thought it would have been a bit more lenient, especially now with the times that we're in, that at least 24 hours. So if you park there around about 11 p.m., you could be cl- you could be clamped. That doesn't you make could. sense, right? I, have to, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, Nicolette. But your appeals are going to go nowhere. Is it? Yeah. Because they do. It it's twenty-four. Hours. I happen to know it very well. I've been caught there more than once. It's 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 round the clock. It's round the clock. I even had an an incident there one time where we have two cars on. They have an app, and we have two cars on the app. I parked a car, paid for the car. It put the wrong car in on the app, and there is no way would they give me back the, the fine. No way would they would they give me back the money. 
even though I, I, I showed them I had two cars on the app. Yeah, I'm just very surprised, BJ, that, you know, it's a village. Um, I, I, haven't, I haven't come across this parking agency in the city. I don't even know if they are in the city. Maybe they are, but, but for a village this small, especially with limited parking, now that the Tesco mall is, you know, as you know, it's, it's, it's not open, you know. Yeah. I, I, I kind of, it puts the people, the local people, kind of in a bit of a, a tight spot in terms of they want to support the locals, but they can't because they have the fear of being clamped. Now, my total evening, I still had a lovely evening with my friend. Oh, good. Um, delighted yeah. to, ca- you know, to catch up with her. But my total evening was 165 euros. So I, I would take twice to, to, to go to Douglas. I still love Douglas. I still go there. I support yeah. the market on a, sun, on a Saturday. Um, but I will think twice to maybe, you know, like I will think twice to go out in the evenings. Yeah. And in any case, we're going to level five. So <laughs> you probably won't it. get out. Yeah. That's, that's eight for the business. We know where to go out too. It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. And yeah. I even, but even during the lockdown days when you could get takeaway from the restaurants like Haveli, they were still clamping. But you'd go in for your. I talk. I was speaking to people. You'd go in for your. You're going for your takeaway. They were were clamping while you were in there. Yeah, and and there is a bit of nice takeaways just around there, that area. So they are being very strategic. Obviously, when they did the parking there, and and I've looked up the company, unfortunately, and it is not a local company. No, they're 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 huge. They're international. They're an international company, actually. Yeah, so they don't give a hoot (laughs) about the (laughs) local. They're just paid. They're just paid to enforce the parking. That's that's all they're paid to do. Nicolette, you're not the first, and you won't be the last. Unfortunately, they did it the evening of the fire. When the shopping centre was on fire, they clamped cars in the car park. So that is a disgrace. <laughs> I wonder, in terms of Douglas, um, you know, the village in, in the committee, it, it, they do they have a say in the, that parking in terms of how they manage it? They don't, the local businesses in Douglas have been trying for years to get something done about the, the, the enforcement of parking there and unfortunately it just it's a private matter between the company and the owners of the woolen mills and that's a matter for themselves and unfortunately they're entitled to do it that's, that seems to be the, the situation Nicolette, thank you so much for your call I don't. So I much, wish you either. luck trying to get your money back I don't think I'd you will I probably not, I will probably just do it for the, for, for the Give it a go you know, anyway Yeah. Make, a make, make a nuisance of yourself anyway for them <laughs> Thanks, Cheers Nicolette, thank you, bye Eighteen fifty seven one five nine nine six. Uh Mario says, Tell her get a life. I'm normally patient, but she really is irritating me with everything that's going on at the moment. But that's the whole point, Mario. She's went out to support her local business. Might be the last opportunity she'd have for a while. And she gets clamped while she's doing it. Hi PJ, I've also been caught at the same parking place in Douglas, got clamped, and to be honest. There are signs advising that it's 24-hour paid parking, so it's both myself and your listeners' own fault that we didn't look at the signs. It's like a guard once said to me, if there's a sign and you didn't read it or you missed it, then that's careless, as you learnt in your test. PJ, the clamping abuse in the mills has been on for years. The owner or owners and Apoca, as they call, Apoca, as they call them, should be brought in to explain their policy, says Ian. Kate says they should have used the old cinema site as a car park. Well, that old cinema site. There is a car park in there now but it's always busy, Kate. Very, but it's happening. It's happening all the time down in the Woolen Mills car park. It's just a regime they have and you have to get 
used to it. You'll get in trouble and you'll get clamped and there's damn all you can do about it. Dennis wants to go back to the pandemic and wants to discuss level five and says he's sick to death the whole, the whole lot of it. Do it next. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With a solid fuel depot. Now located at the Junction Supermarket Vickers Road. Coal, gas, kiln dried wood and briquettes. For collection or delivery. Solidfueldepot.ie The Takeover. On Cork's 96FM. Weeknights from 7 on the Big Drive Home. We give you the chance to take charge of our tunes. Join me, Lorraine, as you decide what songs we fire up. What we play. See our song list on 96FM Insta Stories. So, just to update you where we are right now, uh, level five is what Neffet have recommended in a letter sent to government last evening. Back to level five is their recommendation after an emergency Sunday meeting. They're not calling it an emergency, but what the hell else was it on a Sunday? That now goes before the Committee of Civil Servants, which I've absolutely no idea why Michal decided to put this committee there as another layer between himself and Neffet, but he did. They'll discuss it today. Then it goes to the Cabinet Subcommittee of Leo and Eamon and Michal, and I think there's one or two more. I think it's Catherine Martin on that committee, I'm not sure. But they'll discuss it, and then the Cabinet is supposed to meet in the morning for their regular Tuesday morning meeting and a decision will need to be made. Does Michal and co, or do Michal and co, have the cajones to go with what Tony Holohan is, is recommending? Do they have the, as they say, the backbone to just take it on the chin and do it? Should they do it? Dennis. Dennis was there. He's gone, lads. He was holding on a bit. We might try and get him back. Thanks. Uh, Finn says, I think teachers would be well in their rights to go off sick or go on strike. It's just not their health they put at risk. It's the teachers and their families also at risk. Ava says level five has to be done because some people aren't taking the precautions. It's an insult to everyone that worked so hard. Morning, PJ. Are teachers and school children immune to catching COVID and the rest of us not? A full, complete lockdown, please. Let's save lives here and do as Professor Holohan advises. He kept us on the right road before we have to make sure children don't bring it home to elderly parents and grandparents, says Deirdre. And that is the plan. On level five, go and check it. Even on level five, all the schools are supposed to stay open. Finn, where do we start? Yes, Black Rock celebration was over the top. The pubs and restaurants have been busier than ever. As a unit or a team, we've all dropped the ball. We lapsed as a society, despite people doing their best. Let's do a quick text poll. We'll let this run for a while, actually, because we won't get a a decision this morning. The civil servants will be meeting to talk about it again. All those highly qualified civil servants with all their epidemiology and public health degrees, or rather not, will be meeting this morning to discuss it. But what do you think about going to level five? Text poll, text to WhatsApp, 083-396-9696. Level five, yes, or level five, no? Should we or shouldn't we? Level five, yes, or level five, no. Text or WhatsApp. I think we might pop it up on Twitter as well. 083 396 96 96. Level five, yes, or a level five, no. 
083 396 96 96. Sad news at the weekend. The passing of Bishopstown GAA stalwart Kevin O'Driscoll. In a tweet, the club said he was an inspiration to us all in so many ways. Condolences to Maria, his mum Betty, his brothers Brendan and Peter, nephews David and Mark, Ariesde, Grabahanam, Delish. And he was a lovely fella, and we talked to him here on the show back in May in connection with a fundraiser that the club was doing. Here's a quick reminder of that. I came out of work on um, the 12th of March um, and have been cocooning ever since. I try and get out for kind of an hour every day to do exercise and participate in the the virtual run we're doing at the moment. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, it's been a case of just really just staying at home and just um, keeping the head down, you know. Because you had a double lung transplant. Yeah, I had a double lung transplant in 2008 in oh. Newcastle. Uh, which is 12 years ago now. Um, so, you know, I've been lucky. I've been, I've been very good since then. My health has been good. I've been looked after very well. Yeah. So, you know, from that point of view, things have been very good for me, you know. Things came to a head really in 2006 when I was up in the club one night. Um, I, I, was at, I was at a meeting and on the way home, I, I got a bleed in my lungs. So basically, I was uh, on night support for eight days in the in the in the in the CUH on seventeen percent lung function. But I pulled through um, and came back um, through it, and through the help of the people in this in the, in the CUH, of my nurses in the CUH, and in particular the club, um, the support I've got from the club throughout the years has has been absolutely yeah. phenomenal. Back then, he was in good health. He was minding himself, but unfortunately, Kevin Driscoll passed away over the last number of days. And our thoughts are with his family, his clubmates, and his many, many friends. The opinion line with PJ Coogan on Corks ninety six FM. Nice tweet from Bishopstown GA thanking me for the few words about Dricky, as they called him, before the news. More than welcome, guys. Uh, I remember the interview very well when I was reminded of his passing at the weekend. He was a lovely fella, lovely fella, and obviously uh, sad to think of his passing, but happy to remember him for you as well. They say he's smiling for sure, and I hope indeed that he is. 185715996 is the number, the text or WhatsApp 083 396 and the email opinion at 96fm.ie While we're on the subject of people passing away, you may not have heard of a man called John Joseph Campion. Then again, you may well have heard of John Campion if he went to Cloche to Cree Street, like I did back in the 80s. John Campion was building DJ rigs and fixing amplifiers and lights in his parents' shed when we were in school. He was a couple of years ahead of me in school. And John Campion failed all his exams and he was always bottom of the class in school. He just wasn't an academic. But John had a gift for electrics and a gift for electronics. He was from Points Cross. He headed off uh, at the age of 21. Uh, headed off to the States where literally all he had was his ticket for the flight and he had about 20 bucks in his possession and he just went on to get a job and relied on his Irishness and he was hard working and he got this job and that job and the other job and eventually he founded a company called Show Power this was in 1987 he founded a company called Show Power that provided portable generators for the biggest rock stars in the world. Now, I'm telling you, this guy built DJ equipment 
and fixed amplifiers in a house, in a garage, in a house in White's Cross. I remember being up there with him for hours trying to get my old crap working at the time, which he always did, by the way. He ended up supplying generators for the Rolling Stones, for U2, for KISS, for ACDC, for David Bowie. He was an, worked as an electrician on the David Bowie uh, Glass Tiger, uh, Big Glass Tiger tour. He also was instrumental in the electrical supply for the Michael Jackson Bad Tour. And he was a White's Cross man. He went on then to become a, a fierce aficionado of big motorcars, big Lancia motorcars. He had a collection of them. He was a multi-millionaire. He had a collection of them. And he also gave an awful lot back to charity. Well, I was sad to hear at the weekend of the passing of John Joseph Campion, or just John Campion, as I knew him. Uh, following a, br- a valiant battle with AML leukemia, John passed away peacefully in the arms of his loving and devoted wife, Suzanne. And that's a statement issued by his family over the last number of days. Well, er, yesterday, Greva Annam. And it's many, many, many years since I clapped eyes on him. I don't think I saw him since he went to America. But he was a gas character, and he made it made it big, so he did. 1850-715-996. Cork GA has issued a statement in the wake of the Black Rock scenes, and there were scenes in Blarney over the weekend also. And it says, Our priority throughout the pandemic has been keeping our GAA community safe. Anything that threatens that safety and the very continuation of the games during COVID-19 needs to be avoided at all costs. To that end, we'd plead with clubs and supporters not to engage in celebrations that breach guidelines. There will be county finals again next year. And we want to make sure COVID-19 doesn't rob some of the chance to enjoy them. And then you see what happened at the Rockies last night. Hi PJ, level 5 straight away, says Ashton. Level 5 straight away, the numbers are out of control. People need to cop on. And going by the scenes last night, that match after that match, it's unbelievable that that was left to happen. Where were the guards? Enough is enough. People have brought this on themselves. 1850-715-996. Now, on a, a note that's not unconnected with that, and we're going to keep the text poll going, by the way, level 5, yes or no, to 83 96 but not unconnected with all of that. What we have been told is that the next big casualty will be our mental health. And look, we've all struggled. God, in the springtime, even in the beautiful weather of spring, we've all struggled. And the prospect of a lockdown in the dark and dreary and cold evenings of winter and the dark and dreary and cold mornings of winter, it doesn't bear thinking about. It looks like we might be headed there. And mental health will suffer. And it's interesting that I have this one coming up to talk to this morning. Brendan Long. Brendan, good morning to you. Good morning, PJ. How are you? Good. You want to talk about open up October, and I'll get to that in a minute. You've had your own struggles with with mental health and I think a lot of people have struggled with their own mental health uh, throughout this lockdown and the possibility of facing into another one fills them with dread it can be very daunting how do you feel about it? Um, yeah I I guess I have kind of my story here if if I want to put a bit about that out do go ahead Um, so I'll start off um, I'm Brandon Long anyway I'm 19 from Cork I'm a social media influencer who um, promotes positive mental and physical health on TikTok and Instagram. Um, I'm also recovering myself. I guess my mild depression kind of started when I lost my father at the age of seven. Um, 
I always struggled growing up without that father figure. But luckily, my mother did a great job raising me to who I am today. But it was kind of at the end of 2019, start of 2020. And coincidentally enough, that's kind of the start of COVID as well. I started to fall in to a deep hole of depression. Um, I had multiple suicide attempts, the most recent on the 28th of June. I had been drinking every day till early hours in the next morning. I wasn't eating food. I wasn't sleeping. Um, that particular night, I had my goodbyes written and I just set off. But there was that one star that I saw this, that this night. This is back in, as, as recently as June, Brendan, yeah? June 2020, yeah. Wow, okay. Yeah. Um, but I saw kind of a star shun down on me and it was just a miracle because I believe that it was my father looking at me, telling me to try to stay. What, did you literally look up into the sky and see a star? Yeah, and it PJ, it was a cloudy night. There was only one star, and it was that bright northern star. Okay, okay. So the next day Is that day the one to the right anyway, of the moon? Right up to the right it, of the moon? You, you could barely even see the moon. It was that cloudy. <sighs> I, I know the one you're talking about. It's a it big was, bright star, yeah. Yeah. So the next day, I decided that I'd just speak to the doctor, I mean, now it was a really scary experience and there is a big stigma that it's scary. It is, I won't, I'm not here to lie to you. But after I did it, the amount of relief on my shoulders was insane. So I was prescribed with a nine-month medication course of antidepressants. Mm. Um, Fast forward now, I'm 15 weeks into recovery. Um, I haven't drank alcohol in three months. I'm self-harm-free for almost four months. I don't smoke. I'm with, in personal training with David in Life, Health and Fitness, McCroom. Okay. He's kindly donated time and dedication to help me regain right. my physical health. And, and was it, talk to me about picking up the phone and, and calling the doctor. Like, had you not been with the doctor at any stage before, no? No, I was, as, you, as they would say, bottling it up. Right. And you picked up the doctor, the phone to the doctor. And and bearing in mind, it's very hard to get to see a doctor these days. It is, yeah. What did you say? I just said, I'm not feeling the best. I need to make an appointment with you. And luckily, I I actually, he had one that day. Okay. So I was able to straight out into the doctors. Now, I sat there the night before for hours contemplating whether I was going to do it. But thinking back now, it's the best thing I've ever done in my entire life. And and how did that conversation start? Like, how do you start that conversation? Did he say, why, why are you it here? Is, it is hard, but at the end, they are trained in it. Yeah. And like, it's not about that you have to tell them all of it. He kind of teases it out of me. I you know, you. like, um, how are you feeling? And teaching me that there is light at the end of the tunnel. And that's kind of why I, what I want to explain. Yeah. So, um like, I'm feeling the best I've ever felt now, both mentally and physically. But what I want everyone to, listening to this today to take away is that it is okay not to be okay, and you are the soldier of your own battle. You're doing amazing, and so many people love you. There is light at the end of every tunnel. There really, really is. And it may seem in your darkest days that there isn't, but you just need to keep fighting, and it will happen for you. And was it the conversation with the doctor, Brendan, that opened that window to let you see that? It really did, because he was kind of like, what, what he said to me in my darkest moment was, you might wake up in the morning and wonder why you're living, but you're sitting here talking to me, which means that part of you does want to live. And no matter how small that part was, 
he wanted me to focus on grabbing onto that part and growing that part of me. Wow. Yeah. So it was very inspiring. And was was giving up the drink, was that easy? No? Um, it wasn't because I was probably almost borderline alcoholic because I was drinking pretty much every day. Mm. Kind of, they say, as a release from your depression, but then I was waking up with hangovers and it just were, got worse. Were, were you drinking yourself to sleep? Pretty much, yeah. yeah. And at that, I was getting maybe 6 a.m. in the morning until 9 or 10. Right. I was getting about three or four hours a day. And at 19, I mean, were, were you going to work or school or had you work or school to go to? I was, I was in college and I was in work and that all started getting bad then and I dropped out of college and that was a leading contribution. It just felt like, and I know a lot of people suffering will, will understand me, when it feels like you're falling deeper and deeper and that there's only one way out. But there really is another way, and that's what I'm here to help people with. Yeah. You've t- you, you want to talk about Open Up October. What's that? Yeah, so as I said, I'm on TikTok. It's kind of a social media platform that's taken off a lot since yeah. the start of the year. Um, and basically what I decided to do, I was always kind of on TikTok making the general videos and stuff, but I decided that I would change... To, I'm now called It's Brandon's Road to Health nice. and I have about 4,500 people following me so every day I'm kind of getting up and vlogging what I'm doing and giving people motivation but open up October is like you see a lot of these things like um, you know no simp September where you're not allowed to you know talk to girls and stuff like that but I just out of nowhere, it kind of came into my head in the middle of September to do this thing called Open Up, Open Up October. So um, it's basically I'm putting extra effort in to encourage people and motivate people in their battle. And the main aim is to encourage people to speak about their problems and to remove that stigma around mental health. Gotcha, gotcha. And open up to whom? Anybody? A friend that you trust, a family member. Or my step, a doctor. Now, that sounds very, very, very scary. And I promise you, the hardest part is picking up the phone. Because even before I came on the radio here, I was nervous and now my conversation's slowing. So with the doctor or or your parent or anything, you're going to be nervous. And then once you start speaking, it's just going to flow. And once somebody knows how you're feeling, they can help you. Somebody um, put it one time in a similar conversation the biggest word is hello. Exactly. Biggest word in conversation is hello. It is. Because you've started that conversation. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> so the main aim really of today, that I, I just want to teach, or to let people know that it is okay not to be okay, that they're not alone, and it is okay to speak out because we are in this together. Yeah. Speaking of being in this together, like, are are you nervous about another lockdown now and being stuck with your thoughts? Can, will you be able to deal with yeah. that? Yeah, but see, I'm kind of, I'm in personal training now three days a week and I'm focusing a lot on, like, I'm pre-cooking my meals for the day. So if you get me, I kind of 
I've kind of got my day sussed out anyway. Gotcha. In kind of jogging or something like there's that. Nothing you know? going, there's nothing going to happen in a new lockdown that will affect your day? Hopefully not. I'm not sure. I mean, with the level five, they're saying that one-on-one personal training is okay. But if it's full lockdown, like going back to March, I don't think it would be. Yeah, yeah. So that might throw me off a small bit. Well, hopefully, hopefully it won't. But I think as a young, you're, you're a very brave lad, not just to pick up a doctor, uh, pick up a phone yeah. to a doctor at the age of 19, but pick up the phone to a radio station at the same time uh, and, yeah. and, and tell, tell us that you did that. Like, you're not under any illusions. Like, you will probably have, have ups and downs on the road. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's definitely a part of it. I mean, but the way I'm looking at it is, and it's all about the positive mindset, really, for me, is that I used to look at it that, oh, today is bad, which means tomorrow is bad. Whereas now I look at it, okay, today is bad. Maybe I can do something this evening to change tomorrow and make tomorrow good. Gotcha. Gotcha. So I, I actually made a quote about that one time when I was just sitting inside in bed, and it was, if it's raining today, don't ask God why it's raining. Ask him to make tomorrow a sunny day. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. Everything will be okay. It will. It just takes a lot of work and it is a tough battle and nobody's here to lie. It is a really, really tough battle. But I promise you there is the light at the end of the darkest of tunnels. Okay. Okay. Well, you're, you're a fabulous young man. Where, remind us again where we can find you. TikTok. TikTok, yeah. So it's it's underscore Brandon underscore Road to Health. Or you can look up the hashtag Open Up October. Okay, hashtag Open Up October. In one way to find you. Brandon, thank you very much. That's Brandon Long, 19 years of age. Thank you. 1850 The biggest word in the conversation with anybody is hello. Uh, he's a great lad. He is a really great lad. 1850 On WhatsApp, Tony says, I'm listening to your guest. I can relate to a lot he's saying. If he's worried about his drinking, he's welcome to call me and we can talk. I'm a recovering alcoholic myself. I'm 16 months sober. Well done, Tony. I know what it takes to stay, ta- stay sober. I have suffered from mental health and still do. Kindest regards. I think Tony Brandon seems to have gotten a handle on his drinking quite quickly, which is really good. Really good. On text, what helped me with my mental health was and still is the fact that I smoke cannabis. If it wasn't for cannabis, I'd have lost the plot. I don't drink much, only at family things, and the one weekend, one or two months. If I was a drinker through COVID, I wouldn't have lasted this long. We need legislation so that we can help with the depression and mental health of our nation, and so this country doesn't get hit hard by recession. I'd like to keep my name off this one, if that's okay. But he basically wants legalization of cannabis for medicinal purposes, I imagine. John Mack says, if we go to level five, a lot more people will die. And it won't be from COVID-19, but there'll be no talk about these poor people that will die to go straight to level two, straight to five. It's just telling us what we're dealing with, the government and the doctors we have. Why go and make a plan and go against it straight away? Spacers that are above us in the country. Mental health is a huge issue. Level five will destroy a lot of lives. And people are arguing that all the time. That if we have to go into level five for a month, it would be very hard on a lot of people mentally. And that's that's true. That's true. There's no doubt about it. I don't, I don't relish the prospect of it myself. What kept me sane in the first lockdown was two things. Being able to come in here to work every day and, and see my colleagues, even only a half a dozen of them. Uh, that was 
the, for, and the second thing was the good weather, the lovely, lovely weather that we had back in March and April. That's gone now. And I dread the prospect of facing into four weeks of this crap and getting worse, this weather getting worse and the days and nights getting darker. But if it has to happen, it has to happen. Jerry, good morning to you. Good morning, PJ. Your thoughts on level five? Thoughts on level five at the moment, but the government's not taking the warnings off the whole thing of not, not to let kids go back to school till November. The government didn't listen. Did and he say two, that? He, he said that. He says it was too early to predict that the kids go back to school in the end of August and start of October. He said it's too early because no one is immune to this. Yeah. Kids, even. Now, as we I see it, like, you, you go back to level five, we have to close down everything. That includes airports, ferries, and the only thing that should be lifted on ferries is essential goods that will keep us going. Supply chain, yeah. Supply chain. That's all we need. Plus, we have to get out. People have to get, will have to get out because inside, if they're stuck inside in their homes, they're going to go mental. And mental issues is a big cause of yeah. today as well. Yeah. You know, people going mental and suicides, stuff like that. It's happening. Yeah. You think, it, though, that for a period of, what, 14 or 15 days at least, we should go back to just yeah, one person going to the shop? Yeah, go, go, one person going to the shop. And if, if it's a couple, a couple could go to the shop because they're in the same household, you know, and they, because one person might like this stuff and one person mightn't like that stuff. I know so that, yeah, they, yeah. You know, you understand? But it's the only way we can control this. This was, this, this was not... Uh, the people's fault. It's none of their fault because the government had to take responsibility because these was they, these are the ones that left the airports open and the ferries open. Like last month, there was three hundred sixty thousand people came into this country. Mm. But to be fair, when you look at the figures, it's a very small percentage of cases oh, related to travel. It's a very small percentage. No, I we I've been in Malta. I'm only back from Malta. Yeah, and. The people over there are excellent. They're doing. Everyone is going into the shop with a mask. Even kids are going into the shop with a mask. Mm-hmm. You know, because they're walking, if, they're walking around the streets. In them, if they come out of the shop and they're still walking around the streets with the mask on them, mm-hmm. and fair play to them. This this country has to get kids wearing. I I know I might might I might get a backlash after this because if your kids can carry it. And they're inside the shop without a mask. Yeah. So you're suggesting go to a complete lockdown, close the ferries, close the airports, public transport? Yeah, public transport for 14, 15 days, and that will be it. And if anybody's caught up in the street at night time, a curfew, say 10 o'clock curfew, anyone caught up in the street at 10 o'clock, fine them. But you have to, you have to make allowances as well for people that work night times. Well, people that work night times and have to go yeah. to work will have yeah. letters yeah. and cards from their yeah. employer. Yeah, like like before. Okay. It's you want you want to go back to where we were in March then? Want to go back? You don't want to. We you don't March. want to, but I, I, think I don't want to. But it's going to have to happen. Okay. Okay. 
All right, Jerry. thanks for that. 1850-715-996. With regard to the GAA club, Mag says, if I hear one more person ask where are the guards, I lose my reason. They've done an incredible job since the start of this pandemic, and despite some commentary on social media about them twiddling their thumbs in stations, they are not. They're working harder than ever. Paula says, read the lady who asked about the guards, they can't be everywhere. It's up to the GAA stewards. And indeed it is. 1850-715-996. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With the indoor self-service laundrette. Now at the Junction Supermarket, Vickers Road. Every day, washing and drying. Done within an hour. Selfservicelaundry.ie Question number 10. Finish this movie title. Fear and Loathing. In Las Vegas. Laura, what's your full name? Laura Kennedy. And you're from? Glenville. You've won 2,000. No euros. way! Oh, that's unbelievable. That's how you do it. Well I actually can't believe Laura. that. Hello. Hello. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mummy has just won loads of money. Loads of money. What do you want? Another winner. There you go. Go, go. The two grand minute. Listen to play. At 7.40 and 8.40 every day. Casey and Ross in the morning. On Cork's 96FM. Cork's 96FM. Big reaction to young Brandon and his Open Up October campaign. Big reaction. Very brave young man. A lot of people saying on social media. Terry says he was a personification of your own mantra. Everything will be okay in the end. If it's not okay, it's not the end. Great call and good luck to him. Yeah, he is. He is indeed the personification of that. And I live by it. Learn it and stick with it and live by it. Everything will be okay in the end. If it's not okay, it's not the end. I've been trying to apply it to the pandemic the end is a long way away at this stage. Speaking of which, uh, we got a message. Oh, well, just the text poll is still going, by the way. If you think it's right that we go to level five, level five, yes. If you think not, level five, no, to 083 396 96 96. Text or WhatsApp. I think we're running it on Twitter as well. Text or WhatsApp, our Twitter. And uh, we will collate all the answers and we'll give you the results maybe around 11 o'clock or slightly after. 
We got a message from a listener on Facebook over the weekend about something she saw in a supermarket. Now, we have edited the message for clarity and for legal reasons. I can't get this poor girl out of my head all day. I was in Lidl earlier. It was busy. Queues were long. And I was at the back of a queue when I heard shouting up at the till. Two women seemed to be causing a lot of commotion. I saw one of them cough in the other's face after being asked to move away. She asked for security and then two people who were with her appeared to start on the girl who'd just been coughed on. No one came to that poor girl's help. She rang the guards. She looked upset and scared. And honestly, if I could have got to her through the line, I would have. I couldn't get over how she was treated. The one without the mask was right up into her face, these times and all. After she paid and left, what I couldn't get over is that the other woman was still served. I have no idea what happened after that, but when I left the store, there was a huge fight in the car park. Everyone was standing around watching. I can't believe what happened. Does anyone know if that girl is okay? Feel free to post this, but I can't come on the air. Now... We've done a bit of legwork here and we've been in touch this morning with a family member of the lady concerned and she is too upset to speak on the air. We contacted Gartha Press and they said Gartha will call to a possible public order incident at a shop in Churchfield on October 4th, 2020. Other inquiries are to be carried out. And a statement issued from Lidl. We've just been made aware of an incident that occurred in our Churchfield store last night. Our district manager is currently investigating the incident and is in touch with one of the customers directly. It would be unfair on all parties involved for us to make a comment on this until we have all the facts and, in our opinion, run a story until a thorough investigation has been carried out. Once we do have full understanding of the events, we will be in a position to comment further. 1850 No more can I say about it at this point, but we do know about it. We have been talking, as we said there, we've been speaking to a family member of the woman concerned who's too upset at this point in time to speak on the air. 1850 Coming up next, nutrition and healthy lifestyle. You know what? Heading into the winter and heading into possibly another lockdown, we should really be watching our nutrition and really watching our health. Because physically, if we're not physically well, we won't be mentally well. We go there next. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With a solid fuel depot. Now located at the Junction Supermarket Vickers Road. Coal, gas, kiln dried wood and briquettes. For collection or delivery. Solidfueldepot.ie Access all areas on Cork's 96FM. Your guide to nightlife on the side. Hi, it's Michael here with an update on Cork's entertainment. The Everyman is delighted to announce a program of live performances with a mix of rehearsed readings, comedy and music. The reopening heralds a new digital direction for the theatre with Play It By Ear, a programme of shows coming up at the Everyman. You can check out more details at everymancork.com. Access all areas. Comedians Alison Spittle and Kevin McGahern are embarking on the smallest tour of Ireland world tour next month. It's a double bill featuring two of our best comedians and is stopping at Cypress Avenue for one night on Saturday, November 14th. Access All Areas. Feel free to let us know at Access All Areas if you have a rescheduled show coming up or any live streaming events by emailing aaa at 96fm.ie. 
Access all areas. Your guide to nightlife on Side On Cork's 96FM. This is Cork's Gold Imro Award-winning talk show. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Text or WhatsApp now. 083-396-9696. On Cork's 96FM. So far in our poll across all the platforms, 70% of you, and there's quite a lot of votes coming in, 70% of you think we should just go to level five and stick it out for the few weeks. Four weeks is what Neffet want. Four weeks of level five, presumably immediately. That's what they want. Whether they will get it or not, we don't know. We won't know that till probably tomorrow. We might know it later on today, but definitely tomorrow we'll, we'll know, but... Certainly, listeners on our text poll, text WhatsApp and Twitter, 70% of you this morning say, yeah, let's go there. Let's let's soak it up for a few weeks. 18, uh, level 5, yes, or level 5, no, to 083, 396, 96, 96. If we are locked down again, if we are locked up again, and we can only go out within five kilometres of our home, which is what will be the situation if we are in level five again for the next four weeks what do we do in that five kilometers to a stop us from going mad and b keep ourselves healthy when lots of things like gyms and all that will be shut down again swimming pools leisure centers all shut down again what do we do and apart from drinking a fair amount of milk (laughs) my next guest might be able to tell us greg o'shea former winner of love island and of course a rugby sevens player greg good morning to you Good morning, PJ. How are you? Good. Lovely to talk to you. You've left all that Love Island stuff behind you now, so I'm not going to bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's about 15 months since then now, so uh, we have to move past it at some stage, I suppose. Good man, good man, good man. Yeah. You're on a big milk drive at the moment. Everything starts with milk. Now, there was a time when they told us, don't be drinking milk, it'll make you fat. <laughs> yeah, sure. There's been loads of different theories of milk the whole way through. And I, when I got out of Love Island, as you mentioned a while ago, I linked up with National Dairy Council, um, which was great. And I got, I'm the Irish ambassador for the European Milk Forum. Everything starts with milk. And basically, that's a lot of words. What they're trying to do is just get people to buy fresh uh, local dairy milk. So our, our Irish farmers work so hard, so we need to uh, buy the milk because it's so, it's so good for us. And we're all like have these crazy diets You're talking about health there. Crazy diet, how we're we going to get skinny, how we're we going to stay healthy. Where it's literally in every shop for two, three quid, you can buy some milk and it covers all your bases. So um, that's where I come into it. It is a natural food, but like that, we were told for years dairy will make you fat and dairy will give you this and dairy will give you that, but clearly not. Yeah. Well, yeah, it, it does. Well, everything in proportion, like, of course, don't be down in a gallon of milk, like, but basically what it does is it has three, the three R's is the way I remember it. So it refuels you with natural carbohydrates. It repairs you with natural proteins and it rehydrates you because there's obviously water in it and it's a liquid. So it covers all your bases and it's cheap and it's versatile and you don't need to be doing all these crazy diets and like these uh, weight loss shakes and all that stuff. No, you don't need it. Just a little bit of exercise during the week and um, a decent diet and some milk and it will sort you out. Now, now on, on the exercising, uh, like yeah. if, we, if we have to, because there'd be nothing else that we would go to, like pools and gyms. If we end up yeah. back in level five, we've got five kilometres. Like, do we yeah. try and do a couch to 5K or do we just go for a walk? I know, it's a tough one now. I'm not sure whether we're going to go back into it or not. But, um, Looks like we might. Government. Yeah, we might. Um, I thought the 5K became a t- big thing in the last lockdown. Uh, but that's not for everyone. Everyone doesn't want to be running or walking 5Ks. 
So and we can't be going to gyms and stuff if we're going to lockdown. So what I'd recommend and what I've kind of done my research in. So I qualified as a weight loss coach actually during COVID just to keep myself entertained. And what I figured out is what you need to do is about three sessions a week, about fifteen to twenty minutes, and you just need to really drive your heart rate up. So whether that's body weight stuff, just normal exercises, or whatever drives your heart rate up, whether that's sitting up and down off the couch, or if that's doing burpees on the spot. Obviously, everyone's different. Um, and as you get your endorphins flowing, it will make you feel better and try and keep the old noggin good while we're going through lockdown, you know? So anything effectively, any kind of movement that gets your heart beating. That's what you want. That's and exercise. Exactly, yeah. And if people have their Apple Watch and their Fitbits to track their heart rates, but you don't even need that if you if you don't want to buy one. All you need to do is that if you're sweating and breathing really hard, you put your hand in your chest and your heart's beating hard, you're working hard enough. You know it, like, if you are or you're not. And do get it up for about 15, 20 minutes, and that's you. Your body will start... Uh, working your muscles properly, making your blood flow and you'll feel great again and then uh, a glass of milk after to recover and that's important to <laughs> Exactly, <laughs> because that will, re- that will replenish the, the nourishment that you need and, 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 balance, th- and balance things up. You, you've been involved in a few events as well to promote this, haven't you? I have. So last week we had a virtual online event, which was great. It was uh, run by Anna Geary. It was for National Dairy Council. Myself was on it. Kelly Harrington was on it. And Dr. Queeline Murphy was on it. And she was, she brought the brains to the operation. And what we did was I brought someone through a 15-minute, 20-minute class, like I just described there. Kelly Harrington brought someone through a boxing class. So just so if you can get home there and sit up online on the National Dairy Council uh, platforms if you want to find what we did. And then uh, Dr. Creedy Murphy talked about the benefits of milk. So everything I'm saying to you now is just an expanded version on that video. And if you look at National Dairy Council's Instagram, it should be up there uh, for you to watch. Excellent. So it is still there. It, it happened last week, but it is still there. And like, like all the stuff that was done during lockdown, people did exercising on Facebook and all that. It's, it's still there. We can go and watch it. That's the beauty of, of uh, social media. Yeah, they're they're saved and they're still up there online. But even just on YouTube, just type in body hit class or something like that. Or even I have Pilates classes up. If you type in my name, you can do a Pilates class with me for 30 minutes. I've loads of different classes. So the options that are out there is just going to get up and doing it, you know? Good man. Talk to me finally, briefly, Greg, about Rugby Sevens. Are, are you kind of stopped now at this stage? Or are you playing? We're back training, PJ, about seven or eight weeks now but the problem is with sevens rugby a lot of people don't know what it is so you're used to your Munsters and your Leinsters with the sevens rugby which is a little bit different format we travel internationally it's an only an international sport so there's no clubs um, so we have to fly away for games which is possibly the worst thing you could do in the world right now so you can't be flying two sets of, uh, of women's and men's teams to one location so unfortunately we're just training away and hoping that COVID um, runs its course so we can get back playing because we're trying to get to the Olympics next year yeah okay and hopefully they'll go ahead as well yeah. alright listen Greg good talking to you good to catch up thanks very much that's Greg O'Shea uh, drink milk and exercise and that's that good advice it doesn't matter what it is if it's walking with the dog if it's running and on the spot if it's doing a few burpees running up and down the stairs. If the heart is beating and you're drawing breath and you're sweating, you're exercising. Do a little bit of it for 15, 20 minutes every day and then have a good glass of milk at the end of it. Yes, it is okay to drink. And I know the vegans are probably going to have a seizure now about all the poor cows. Drink your milk. It's good for you. 1850-715-996 The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM With the Junction Supermarket Vickers Road Everyday Essentials, Fresh Bakery and Asian Foods Open every day to late The Junction Supermarket Vickers Road You guys ready? We're driving, we're driving. Oh.
Big Drive Home, weekdays from 4. On Cork's 96FM. Hey, it's Lorraine. Make sure to join me weekdays on the Big Drive Home, where there's always a celebrity stopping by. And they even leave a review of their time on the show. Here's what Gavin James said. Oh, it was amazing. It was deadly. It was just like, everybody looks like Instagram. It was insane. And Shane Casey. I definitely found that there. Very emotional and it was very, it almost felt spiritual. And Greg O'Shea. Oh, I actually really enjoyed it. For the biggest celebrity interviews and the best music mix, I'll catch you weekdays from four. The Big Drive Home. With Ford Lease. Takes the hassle out of vehicle leasing. If you're a business, it's easy to budget with no unforeseen costs. Cork's 96 FM. This is Cork's Gold Imro Award winning talk show. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Call us now, 1850 715 996. On Cork's 96 FM. Okay, we have been counting more of your votes and we've got 68% now in favour of going to level 5 if that's what's necessary to do. Keep it going though for a little while. Text to WhatsApp level 5 yes or no 0833969696 Something that went up unexpectedly a little bit unexpectedly at least during the first lockdown was the level of breastfeeding. It was a bit of a surprise even to people who promote breastfeeding in this country because we're always told breast is best. We're always told whenever possible it is best to feed new baby breast milk. And breastfeeding rates did go up during lockdown, which is one of the findings that have been published at the start of National Breastfeeding Week. The parenting experts, Laura Erskine. Laura, good morning to you. Good morning. That was interesting. Rates went up. Yes, absolutely. I'm working with Baby Doc Club, who are a social parenting community, and they conducted research with over 800 women, uh, both who were pregnant and those in their first year of motherhood, to talk to them about breastfeeding, about their their insights in relation to how prepared they felt for it, um, and then how they managed to get on with breastfeeding. And surprisingly, um, you know, pre-COVID, only 15% of mums were managing to exclusively breastfeed their babies up to six months, which is typically the rate at the time at which most Irish women tend to wean their babies off breast milk and start combined feeding um, or or moving to the bottle. But actually, um, in COVID times, during all of those lockdowns and restrictions, 26% of Baby Doc Club mums who gave birth during that time managed to hit that six-month breastfeeding milestone. So that's a big increase. That's a very big increase. Yeah, absolutely. And we think that the reason is is because there was less pressure on women to actually look like they were up and about uh, and almost that social media pressure of, of looking like you're, you know, you've you've, you've managed to handle uh, labour and birth and, and you've got the breastfeeding down and, and you're out and about and you're, you know, back to life and you're enjoying your baby. Uh, and there is a huge um, social pressure nowadays to look like you're, you're um, you know, you've managed to, to, to pop out that baby and, and get back at your life back so quickly. And actually, that is quite harmful when it comes to breastfeeding because really what we need is the fourth trimester, which is actually a period of of a couple of months where when you bring baby home, you actually sit with the baby, you bond with the baby, you establish the latch, you establish breastfeeding, you you know, uh, and you get to know baby and you should be minded by everyone around you, including your partner, family and friends. Mm. Um, and, and that includes visitors not bombarding you. Um, so uh, we think
think that actually those lockdown those lockdown restrictions um, which uh, prohibited visitors to come into the home um, and also you getting out and about meant that mum had much more time skin on skin with baby to be able to to establish breastfeeding and keep that get the rate back up because I did talk to uh, new mums during the lockdown weeks uh, and and they were they felt it was very lonely and they really missed being able to meet others like a new baby hadn't met granny for the first time or hadn't met anybody else that was the downside but the upside was more time to bond Absolutely, that's exactly right. And while it is very overwhelming to have a new baby and to feel like you don't have the support of family and friends in the real world to allow you to to have a shower or a baby grab a nap, um, you really, you know, it it has been difficult for those mums and in particular in terms of of mental health and and of course, you know, postnatal depression and, and the baby blues. But it did help breastfeeding because it did allow that bonding. There was no pressure to put the makeup on, to to look like, uh, to have that shower, to get dressed even. There was lots of time for you to sit around with baby, to have that skin on skin time um, and establish breastfeeding. And of course, all of those other supports that are so important for breastfeeding, which include your lactation consultant um, visiting you, your public health nurse coming into the home, uh, those mum and baby breastfeeding groups where you get that peer support, that wasn't available either. But yeah. it was forced to be to move online. So we were now suddenly, those people may be in rural communities who maybe couldn't easily access those supports anyway in the real world could now really easily access those supports online mm-hmm. and at all hours of the night. Something else that came up then and still now, uh, no partners on maternity wards. So that's one of the, I think it's one of the things that are continuing since lockdown and now as we possibly go into another one, it can only get worse. Has that had any effect with regard to breastfeeding? Because I mean, could it have been positive, for example? Uh, well, do you know, I suppose in one in one small way, it, uh, it possibly could have been. And that's because 77% of breastfeeding mums felt that they got the support they needed in hospital to help breastfeed their baby. So the lack of visitors into your ward and into your room did mean that there was more time for mum to spend trying to, to get their baby's latch right, trying to establish breastfeeding during those early days when it's really critical to get that, that um, support and help. And um, so that you can you can continue then when your milk comes in, which is usually when you just get home, because we did find that once mums did get home and um, 55 percent of those mums did struggle. So actually, what, what the big insight in all of this is actually that, that uh, a lot of over half of mums said that they wish they'd been more prepared as to what to expect before giving birth to baby. And unfortunately, some of those antenatal classes, which we, you would have gone to the hospital um, and maybe met other women uh, who were due to give birth around the same time as you and get all of those uh, that support from the nurses and midwives around preparing for baby's arrival and, and indeed breastfeeding techniques and tips before baby arrives. Those, those classes have all been stopped because of COVID. Okay. But now, thankfully, there are some available to access online. And actually, Baby Doc Club has come up with the first feeding box, which is a box of support. Um, and uh, a breastfeeding guide aimed to empower mums to continue breastfeeding for as long as possible and you can order that online. Great. Okay, Laura, thank you very much. That's Lord, uh, Laura Erskine from Baby Duck. Uh, let's get on to Rachel from Quidu, who are the organisers of National Breastfeeding Week. Rachel, good morning. Hi, how are you? Very good. Those findings uh, during lockdown are, are certainly interesting. So the events of the week, will they take that into account? It's all about encouraging the breastfeeding, isn't it? 
Yeah, well, absolutely. I think for Credo, one of our main um, or our main aim is to educate and empower parents to make, you know, decisions um, based on, you know, evidence-based uh, decisions, and we're supported by the HSE and um, also by the World Health Organization. So we have a lot of events on this week. Um, when COVID actually happened, we moved the majority of the support uh, almost immediately onto online. So we. You know, we we did realise that the need for support was there regardless, and um, that was one of the things that we really kind of pushed forward. So all of our branch meets across the country. So we have branches in Cork, we've branches in Dublin, Meath, you know, across the whole country. But let's say if you're not in one of those particular areas, you can still attend one of those meets now, which is, I suppose, you know, COVID. Obviously, none of us, none of us would wish it again, but. Yeah. It, it has shown that I suppose we can be a little bit more flexible by inviting people who are maybe from, you know, Roscommon to a Dublin meet or to a Galway meet because now it's virtual. So those supports are there. We've got a couple of different events on this week. We've got, um, I suppose, virtual meets and we also have webinars. Um, and the HSE is providing webinars as well on breastfeeding. So there are a lot of supports out there for people um, if they need to reach out they're, they're, they're obviously more than welcome to come to us um, and we can help them as much as possible. We also have some WhatsApp groups. So um, if people were interested in kind of joining a group where people can share, um, I suppose, their, their feelings um, in, in a safe space as well. Uh, the, 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 there's several layers. <laughs> and it's quidu.ie, isn't it? C-U-I-D-I-U dot I-E. Yes, that's exactly it. So Cridu.ie, and we also have a Facebook page, which is Cridu uh, Caring Support, um, a Caring Support for Parenthood page. Um, there's a group page. There's a very active Cork page as well, Cridu Cork, um, and a very active group for Cork, just um, if anybody's interested, um, you can join those. And on Instagram as well, we have a, a, a quite a big following, again, with lots of resources there for people to uh, dip in and dip out of, um, which is Creative Official Ireland. Okay. All right. Well, good luck with it all, Rachel, with all the events online. The Opinion Live with PJ Coogan on Courts 96 FM. Two emails and messages coming in with regard to whether or not we will be going back into level five. Also, Gavin Riley of Virgin Media has tweeted that uh, there is now to be a cabinet meeting today. Originally, there wasn't one planned until the regular one at 8 o'clock tomorrow morning, but there will be a cabinet meeting today, so clearly they have an appetite to put it to bed one way or the other. You have to wonder, do they have the bottle for the battle? Dr. Holohan has said five, level five, for a month. That's how we sorted out. Have they got the bottle to go through with it? 1850-715-996, text to WhatsApp 083-396-9696, the email opinion at 96fm.ie. One thing that should be pointed out with regard to Level 5 is a few things would not stop. Like, back in the March lockdown, everything outside of an emergency was shut down. The hospitals just became COVID hospitals and the EDs just became anything else. But no, that won't happen under Level 5. Normal services will be kept up to whatever level they can be kept, which is the whole idea of this Living With COVID plan, to keep normal services in place. But Adrian got in touch with us and sent a rather distressing picture as well, Adrian. You have a 
particularly painful condition that I have heard of, but I don't quite know what it is. It's sciatic arthritis. Good morning. Good morning, PJ. How are you? Good. What What is it? Is it? Is it as it sounds? Is it a combination of arthritis and psoriasis, or what is it? Yeah, it's a combination of the two together, and it affects your immune system. You've no immune system at all. Wow. You're immune compromised. I don't know how it does it, but it attacks. It's some, like he told me, it attacks the cells in your body, the healthy cells. Right. And if you get a flu or a cold or anything, you can't fight it. Right. So were you cocooning for the last few months? I was walking. I was you were trying to walk through I, this? Yeah, I walked away, yeah. I walked away. Like, I had to be careful, like, because I'm on, I'm on a biological drug there, or Stellara, Stellara. I've tried about, it's my 13th one well, now, it's, um, it's tried to suppress the, the immune system to stop it attacking it, but it's, it doesn't, you inject yourself every couple of weeks, but it doesn't work, like, it, I'm after going through a lot of them, and it, it just didn't work. And this looks awfully painful. Oh, it's brutal. Like, you wake up every morning, PJ, and you could have, you don't know what part of your body would be painful, painful today. Really? It's not just joints like normal arthritis, no? No, 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 no. It attacks the tendons in my body. That's what she taught me about in the CUH, like. But I, I was brought in for steroid injections, and I was on a chemotherapy for it, trying to get it to stop, and no, nothing, nothing works. Christ. You could get a flare up every second day, you'd know. If your head gets itchy or behind your ears get caught, you have a flare up. Right. Straight away. So it starts like a skin condition like psoriasis and then it's followed yeah. is it followed then by pain in that area? Pain in the area, yeah. And your head gets itchy, you know straight away if you're shaving, you know straight away your face gets pure red and the skin can start coming off your face and everything from it. God almighty. Yeah. How, how long do you have this, Adrian? I have it about five or six years now. Right. Five or six years, and I just turned to acupuncture and uh, coping the uh, coupling or whatever. To, yeah, what to you sent me a picture. Um, yeah. Brave of you, uh, fair play to you. That looks like little little red eggs on your back. What is this? They put in these cups and they tighten them in like with a screw, and they suck the knots out of your back. Okay, it's an alternative. And it lasts about thirty sec, thirty minutes, sorry, thirty minutes. Right, and you've done acupuncture and all the other stuff. I've done acupuncture. In the real now, the fellow I'm going to is very good. No one's saying like it's, it's my second room with him. Like, but like it, it, it relieves. I had my legs every day after work. I'd have to push the knots out of my legs because the pain. If you saw, you'll be crying with the pain. But he puts uh, needles about into my toes and everything, and that stopped it. Right. But uh, like it can come back two or three weeks again, like. It right. just doesn't go away. Like That's not allowed out in bishops now, any chance, is it? No, 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 no. no it's out in the country. Don't ah, yeah, it. there's a, there's a, there's a fellow yeah. out in bishops that I went to him years ago. He's a genius. Um, now, you haven't been able to see your consultant for how long? Six months. Get away. Yeah, and you can. Like, the girl, there's a girl up there, and she's very good in rheumatology. But you can only, with the cutbacks now, you can only ring for a certain time in the week for between one hour there's a one hour time window there and that's all you can ring and if you're stuck for anything that's it Now you've been able to keep up with your medication and all that but you just need to see the consultant because the medication isn't working Yeah I need like every time I go up to see him he puts me on a different one because they don't work because I get reactions like you can get reactions you can get very bad migraines from them your skin can start falling off your face and behind your ears and you know everyone have a different thing and you get urinary tract infections, you get respiratory infections, like, and all that, but it does, there's a foreign against it, like, but nothing seems to work, like, nothing. Crikey. Yeah, and you wake up every day, and you don't know, 365 days a year, you don't know whether you've, 
where you're going to have the pain today. Good Lord, you poor devil. Yeah. And you've no idea how it started, do you? No, no, I've no idea. Like, my wife died a couple of years ago, all right, but... Um, could have been the stress of that. that. It, could, yeah. it could be the stress, like, but it's hereditary in the family. My brother has it as well. Oh, I see. And he's he's good with it, like, he's an imbril there. It's not a drug, but he's, he's very good with it, like, but I just, I just can't get on top of it. And yeah, I suppose, you, you, can you contact your GP? It's so hard to see a GP sometimes now. Oh, you can. He's very good now. Like, you can contact him, but there's only so much. That, like, I'm on tablets every day, like, painkillers there and stuff like, and anti inflammatories, but there's only so much of him you can take as well, PJ. Yeah. Like, oh, know. yeah. God, they'll wreck your you stomach. Get, you get immu- yeah, you get immune to him, like. You do, you do, you do. You get immune to him, like. But that's, that's the, the story about it. Are, you, are like, you in pain now, Adrian? Yeah. Where? No, my, yeah. My fingers, like, I, I walk in the bakery, like, but I still have to use my hands and stuff, but walking and stuff, like, the pain comes on. The first lot of tablets will be grand for four or five hours. Then you have to take the second lot, and then they last for a couple of hours, and after that, then it's Bob Jones, after that, you could be in pain for the day. And describe the pain. Is it, like, a shooting pain, or is it a... Shooting, sh- shooting Like, muscular pain, like pain, or what is it? Like, shooting pain, like electric shock down your hands and stuff, and pains in your joints that you won't be able to move your... Your hands, right? And uh, your, you get constant knots in your shoulders and the back of your head. Crikey. So, what like, what age are uh, you? Like, me, 47. Ah, you're a young man, you poor old devil. I know, I wish you luck. You have to get on with it. You can't be crying. Hold it, like, but it's just a, it's just a nuisance, like, that this recovery is brought, like, as well, like, that you can't go into the hospital or anything. Like, before, you could go in and you could go in for a couple of days and they put you on steroids and to calm it for a couple of weeks. You can't get that done now either. What, what, it's hard, like. what age was you, you? You're a very young man. What age was your wife when she passed away? Uh, 37. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's such she a young... Uh, brain hemorrhage and a stroke. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's the so, stress. That must have stress, must have triggered it in you. Like you say, it's in the family, but you must have it. That's what they say, you man. The acupuncture fellow says it could be that as well. Like, it could be stress in that as well. Like, but, like... It's just that like, I, I have a partner now, like, and good. she's very good to me, like, with good. it and stuff, like, in fairness. But it's just, um, it's just a nightmare, like, it's just a nightmare, like, and you're paying out money then for, like, even the government there, they said last year they were bringing down the 124, the drug payment scheme thing, and it's supposed to come down to 114. Sure, I rang Simon, that, uh, not Simon, Stephen Donnelly's office the last day. Oh, it didn't go through yet, it might be true for the next year, she says. So you're paying out that, and you're going to South Dock, then you might have to go to South Dock twice. Twice in the month. Right. Plus, I know I don't get a medical card or, or anything like that. So you're paying out hundreds of euro, like. None, none of this is on long term illness or anything like that, no? No, 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 nothing. Nothing, PJ. I pay for my 124 every month and then I might pay out that twice a month. And you pay for blood then as well, don't have to. So try, try, trying to COVID, keep, and like. of course, be, be, being in the bakery, you're in an essential service, so. That's it, like. But I'd rather be walking, PJ. I could, jeez, I couldn't say it on. Not a hope. I know, but it's a tough place to work. One, one of my first ever jobs a long time ago was in a bakery, so it's 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 a tough place to work. Oh, I tell you, there's no there's no breaks. <laughs> well, you've just <laughs> taken no one to talk to it. I wish you well, Adrian, and for goodness' sake, I hope to I hope you can get to see your doctor very very soon. Your your consultant very very soon. I really hope All right, you can. Thanks you so mind much. yourself, great, great and talk, l- l- thank thank you for talking to me. And a lot of people ringing in. Believe it or not, Adrian, you're not on your own here. Loads All of people right. ringing in about this. Right. Thank, thank, this is very helpful. Thank you very much. Please. Thank, thank you, you, sir. Take care now. What a horrible disease. Maria on WhatsApp. Myself, my sister, and my nephew suffer from psoriatic arthritis.
It's a horrible disease. Angela's on WhatsApp. Great to hear you talk about psoriatic arthritis. Myself and my two kids have it. It's a horrific disease. Great to put out knowledge to people about it. They don't realise what goes on with it. This effectively is, my best understanding of it, is it's psoriasis, which is extremely common. Loads of people have psoriasis. Well, can you imagine psoriasis, annoying as it can be, with the pain of arthritis behind it? The savage has himself pains in your fingers, pains in your joints. Everywhere you get a, 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 psoriasis, a psoriasis patch, you get this savage muscle pain and joint pain with it. Yuck. Yuck. 1850-715-996. Poor old Divla. Hope he gets to see his consultant uh, very soon. Getting lots of messages about the GAA. Uh, Bernie says that she's delighted Dr. Holohan is back. Hope he goes ahead with level five. People just weren't listening anymore. They had enough warning. Andrew, nothing less than level five or the health system will crash. So what will the government, who historically under-resourced the system, do then? It's really coming home to roost now. How will they fudge their way out of this? Well, there will be a cabinet meeting today, so we understand we get a decision of some kind. A lot of people were saying last night on social media, and I don't know whether it's true, uh, People were saying that Neffet, or Dr. Holohan, has asked for level five, knowing that the government will try to get out of it and just get away with level four. Which is ridiculous. Like, why should he have to do that? Just got some word. A detective guard in Watercourse Road have arrested a man in relation to a fire at a business premises on Red Forge Road in Cork on the 18th of September. The man aged in his mid-twenties was arrested this morning, the 5th, and currently detained at Mayfield Garda Station under Section 4 of the Criminal Justice Act. Anyone with any information in relation to the incident is still asked to contact Mayfield at 455-8260 or the Garda Confidential Line 1-800-666-111. Just before I go to a break, I tell you we're inundated with comments here on BlackRock and what happened down there last night. The celebrations were outside my park on Church Road. I'll be honest, I'm delighted the club are getting slated for it because if this happened up in Mayfield or Nocknahini, the Black Knacks would be huge. I'm living in Black Rock all my life. The place is full of tossers nowadays. This is a genuine message. You should have seen the parties that didn't make the news in my park back in April. Some well-to-do, well-known folk as well. Not just students. 1850-715-996. If you're wondering what is happening, Cabinet will meet today. Decision looks like it'll be made. Will we have an address by me hall at 6 o'clock or 9 o'clock? I don't know. The Queen Bee said to me last night that if Neffet had had their meeting in Leo's time, Leo would have been on the 9 o'clock news. I don't know whether he would or not. But that's what, that's what she said to me. Anyway. 1850-715-996. Keep going with the text poll. Do you want level five? Level five, yes, or level five, no? To 083 396 The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With the indoor self-service laundrette. Now at the Junction Supermarket, Vickers Road. Every day, washing and drying, done within an hour. Selfservicelaundry.ie. Six to nine AM on Cork's ninety six FM. 
girlfriend and boyfriend. Girlfriend has said to boyfriend previously, what would you like for your birthday? And he said he wanted a PlayStation 5. The day has arrived. He walks into the kitchen, sits at the table where the PlayStation 5 is wrapped in paper. His palms are sweaty, knees weak. Arms are heavy. The whole family are gathered around the table. Everyone's got phones out. He rips them open. So the PlayStation 3 and the PlayStation 2. <laughs> Set a tape together. Casey and Ross in the morning with Noel DC Cars Blackpool. Celebrating the arrival of the new Skoda Octavia. Book your test drive now at noeldc.com. Exclusively Skoda in Cork City. Cork's 96 FM. This is Cork's Gold Imro Award winning talk show. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Text or WhatsApp now. 083 396 96 On Cork's 96 FM. The Secondary Teachers Union ASTI has issued a statement this morning about Level 5 and whether or not uh, schools should remain open. That's the plan. That's the plan if we go to Level 5, that schools remain open. That's Michal has stuck by this from the very start. He's insisted the schools will stay open right up to level five. Can it be done? Only time will tell. ASTI issued a statement. We'll talk to their president later this hour. Tom says as far as he's concerned, matters are serious enough to warrant it and that's that. Doesn't think politicians have a choice about what medical advice to take and not to take. I will come back to it but I want to go to Linda O'Connell who was named Cork Businesswoman of the Year by Network Cork. And she's the National Online Media Coordinator with St. Vincent de Paul. And she's to debates, aren't you, Linda? Good morning. Hi, PJ. How are you? Good. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Big surprise? A bit shocked, yeah, yeah, yeah. How did Uh, you get involved with VDP in the first place? um, To be honest, PJ, about 23 years ago, I was suffering with a lot of mental health issues and I'd come out of hospital and somebody said, um, you know, maybe you should contact St. Vincent Paul. I didn't know who they were and they needed help with counselling costs. So, um, yeah, that began my journey. Uh, they helped me. Um, the friendship and support I got for them was phenomenal. And then I went to college and, uh, you know, went along for a couple of years, always kept in touch with them. Uh, helping out and then I came back from England when I was working in a zoo and again was struck by some mental health issues and I was asked would I come in and help out in the Cork office and um, yeah that was 15 years ago and now I'm a full-time employee working for the national office so it's been a a full circle journey with them really. You've given up on the old zoology? I did. It was a bit too tough. <laughs> Tell me. <laughs> well, I, I, I did it myself. Tell me, do they still cut up dogfish? Uh, no, I think they got very strict about all that kind of stuff. Good, lab, good, good. To be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> good, good, good. So you, you, you won the National Transformative Employee of the Year at Network Ireland's annual conference. Now, yeah. that's a big <laughs> title. Um. I'll be grateful. Um, It's not something that I will say that I'm very comfortable with, but um, I know from winning the Cork one, which really, really completely and utterly knocked my socks off, really. Um, But the messages I got from volunteers uh, and people I hadn't heard of from years, and you just realised, you know what, this is a kind of recognition of what they do as well. You know, I am the example of uh, where somebody can step in and help and believe in you and offer friendship. It's like a lot of people think with SCP, oh, you're just getting, you know, 
a voucher or something like that. For me, it was the friendship in a really difficult time in my life. So this award, while I delighted to be recognised as a good employee is also recognition of what they do day in, day out, selflessly. Yeah. So uh, it kind of knocks out all the negativity that you sometimes hear yeah. about people who volunteer and stuff. So, it, it was um, a total life path change for you. Um, it was, and it, look, it wasn't easy and everybody has a, has a story and has a journey. Um, and they were there for me. And I feel now I'm giving back, you know, what, when they helped me with college as well. Um, you, you know, for me, this is my life. Um, I love what I do. I love helping people. And um, I'm at an advantage, yes, that I, I get paid for doing what I do. But, you know, I do also obviously some volunteering within the organisation itself. Yeah. You, you went back to college as well to get qualifications to help you with it, didn't you? Yes, I went back and so I was doing the job for quite some time and I would suffer a lot of imposter syndrome and lack of confidence and um, everything I was doing was self-taught. So in 2016, I went back to CIT um, and I did the master's while working full-time. I graduated in 2018 then uh, with the 1-1 and I also won uh, best student again, (laughs) completely and utterly took me by surprise because I don't know if you know much about imposter syndrome. But yeah. You always think people are going are better than you. You're going to be found out. Yeah. You know, it was a mistake. You know, um, so. What so am I doing I here? They're going to. So, so, some morning the door is going to open and say, we know all about you. Get out. Yeah. 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 And, it, and it's very debilitating, to be honest. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, when, when I was announced the overall winner, um, it's very hard to explain to PJ, you know, when you've come from such a turbulent mental health background. It was the first time in my life I won. For me, I won the day I submitted my application because it was the first time I stood alongside my journey and my story, which was very new, very uncomfortable, but I challenged it. So as soon as I hit that submit button, I won. I didn't really care about anything else after that. So anything that has happened has been, I suppose, like the icing on the cake and the cherry on the cake. Um, But, you know, um, the network has been just so unbelievable. I, I... I joined reluctantly because I knew I needed to challenge myself to be around people. Yeah. And COVID has given me the opportunity actually to get to know these women from a kind of a safe place for me. And I think I've grown so much. How do you mean a safe place, place for you? That's an interesting way of wording um, it. I suppose I wasn't, I wouldn't have been great around a lot of feminine energy and um, found being around women quite difficult. Um, oh, and so my That's first event. strange. Okay. Yeah. Uh, look, it's kind of, again, it's all tied into my, I suppose, my backstory. Um, so my first event was quite daunting. I found it a little, little bit overwhelming. And I'm sure lots of people who walk into a big room full of people. Um, so COVID happened. And, um, like, I live a very simple life anyway. I'm a practicing Buddhist and um, I don't go out. I don't drink. But uh, I was attending these events online and getting to know these just amazing women. I made some amazing friends and it's the encouragement and support that they all, you know, it's not just about business. It's about us being there, words of encouragement, um, you know, and being present. So, yeah. We, 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 have a, we have a mutual friend in Mr. Tom McSweeney. I believe he was a great mentor to you. Uh, Tom is my absolute, not her idol. I only met him last week. Um, he gave me so, so much encouragement down through the years. Um, I often laughed with him because 
um, he retired as a volunteer, but um, he um, kindly gave me the, um, the title of Editor-in-Chief of the SCP Quarterly Bulletin. Right. Um, I, thank, I thanked him profusely I, uh, with some um, selective words. Um, <laughs> And because I had dyslexia as well, and I, I kind of had kept it secret, and I didn't want too many people right. knowing about it. Right. Um, and he just he just believed in me, and he's he's always there. I can pick up the phone and ring him, and just go for a coffee. So uh, yeah, look, you know, there's this, and he even said last week he said, you know, he came to me looking for advice on his own business and um, from the digital marketing side, and he said, you know, well, that's how it works. You know, somebody helps you, and you you return the favor. Yeah, well, you've you've talk about changing life 180 degrees in the middle of it all, and then going on to this incredible success. Congratulations to you! Thanks so much, Peter. And maybe that's what national transformative employee means. <laughs> um, it's a big title. Like, what the hell does that actually mean? Like, this is obviously what it means. Yeah, I mean, titles are titles. I, I don't get caught up in titles. But uh, again... You know what? Give, me, yourself, give yourself yeah. a minute, Linda. Milk <laughs> it. Go on. Milk it. It's great to hear someone so, you know, self-effacing. Like, just milk it. <laughs> so our annual appeal is coming up this November and December. And if people would like to donate and change <laughs> people's lives, like, like my life has been changed, please visit scp.ie. And right. if people out there are thinking of... Um, you know, finding their feet women in business, I would strongly urge them to join a network and just get to the support and to get to know people and help. So, yep. Oh, all right. Listen, <laughs> congratulations to you and, and well done. It's a great story. Uh, Linda O'Connell from the Society of St. Vincent de Paul. The National Transformative Employee of the Year at Network Ireland's annual conference. Like, talk about turning your life around. She was a zoologist. And she worked in Fota. And she worked in a zoo in the UK. And now, talk about a transformation. 1857 Caller says, if PJ gets a chance to mention the number of disposable masks. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is a bugbear of mine. At the start of this, we had gloves strewn everywhere. Everywhere. And then we realised, well, you don't really need the gloves. You kind of get away without the gloves. If you keep sanitising your hands, keep washing your hands, you'll be glad... There were gloves everywhere. Now it's masks. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, do you not get it? If you're throwing a mask around the floor, you're part of the problem. Dump it properly. You idiot. 185715 Eva feels for Adrian. She, uh, he, she has PSA, among other autoimmune conditions. Unfortunately, we're getting forgotten about. Kleena, I'm in the same boat as Adrian. I have severe psoriatic arthritis, diagnosed at 36. It's effectively rheumatoid arthritis with psoriasis. I have to get one wrist fused, and because of COVID, I can't get my other wrist done. I am in reckless pain for two and a half years with it, but they had to prioritise my dominant hand. I only ever had one tiny patch of psoriasis on my face, but I have 36 affected joints. The pain is something you'll never be able to explain. You could cry just moving a finger. We're very lucky in Ireland to be covered by the high-tech medicine scheme. My injections cost 2000 a month. With my medical card, I only have to pay 20 But I would have happily paid 140 if I had to. Medication helps stop damage to the joints. 
1850 ASTI issued a statement about an upgrade to level 5. We'll talk to them next. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With a solid fuel depot. Now located at the Junction Supermarket Vickers Road. Coal, gas, kiln dried wood and briquettes. For collection or delivery. Solidfueldepot.ie Okay, so for 2020, we're creating a time capsule that represents Cork. A pile of paper. Yeah. Basically need that in there anyway. And what else? And probably a few tins of paint. A few <laughs> tins of paint. <laughs> a loaf of banana bread and a box of Valium. Casey <laughs> and Ross in the morning with Noel DC Cars Blackpool. Celebrating the arrival of the new Skoda Octavia. Book your test drive now at noeldc.com. Exclusively Skoda in Cork City. Cork's 96 FM. Cork's 96 FM. Now, we're still waiting to see anything to come firmly from government with regard to Level 5. All we know, thanks to Gavin Riley from Virgin Media who tweeted this, is there will be a cabinet meeting today. I imagine it'll be the incorporeal one. Effectively, they do it on Zoom. And they'll make a decision based on what Dr. Holohan asked for last evening. He wrote, after a meeting of NEFA yesterday, he wrote to the Minister for Health and to the government suggesting, in fact asking for an immediate acceleration to level 5 for four weeks for the whole country. Now, that's effectively back where we were in March and April, with a couple of exceptions, one of them being that the schools would remain open. And ASTI, the Association of Secondary Teachers, issued a statement this morning uh, in relation to that. Anne Piggott from Cork is their president. Anne, good morning. Good morning, PJ. Um, the, the idea of keeping the schools open when none of us can get together and you can't have anyone visit you in your own home and you can't go out and you can't go to the pub and you can't go to a restaurant, but you can put 30 kids in a classroom, that must worry teachers. Well, we are worried because you can have six at a wedding and you can have 1,600 in a school. So teachers are very worried about big classes, sometimes over 30, no social distancing and other issues going on in schools that, that are really concerning for teachers at the moment. So what, has, what is the union saying to, to government today as we hear to, to know, will, will they take Dr Holland's advice on board? What is ASTI saying to government? Well, we're not happy with the fact that schools will remain open at level five if everything else in the country is closed down. We're writing to the Minister for Education and Skills this morning and we want her to review the advice immediately. Now, we've asked for a review of advice in the past, particularly at the start in relation to the wearing of masks in the classroom. And that advice was changed so much so that now students wear masks in the classroom because that's safer. And in the same way, we would like um, schools, the advice on level five in schools to be changed. Now, Anne, this plan was published, it's, it's three or four weeks ago now at least, it's probably longer since the, the five-point plan was... Did, did you make any approach when it came out first, when it was bit plain to see in Level 5 that the plan was to keep the schools open? Yes, well, at the start, it wasn't actually keep the schools open at Level 5. We were told that at Levels 1, 2, 3, 4, schools would open. And at Level 5, and even to read the document then, there was a line in there. Now, it didn't say schools would close, but certainly didn't say schools would remain open. It said it would almost be on, I can't remember the exact wording, but it was a sort of... um, Case-by-case basis, effectively, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there are some schools at the moment where there are a lot of positive cases. Teachers are really worried. They're worried for their health, their safety, their lives, and the lives of the the other children in school. 
and their family members at home. And um, teachers are very worried now. Transmission is growing. There are extra cases at schools. I've heard of a school this morning where a few people have tested positive and many students in that year group haven't even turned up at school today. So if numbers continue to grow, then we actually will see less and less students in school. And if teachers get sick themselves, schools won't be able to remain open. And do you know if uh, any of your members are getting sick? Uh, Not of my members, but I've had emails even up to three and four weeks ago of one teacher wrote to me and he said, I'm telling you, I am now going into a class with very close contacts of someone who tested positive last week. He said, I'm very worried. It's like playing Russian roulette. That's how teachers thought. And similarly, other teachers contacted me with the same type of thought. So Norma Foley will be or has, I take it, received a letter from you now. Are you seeking a meeting, even if it's over Zoom? Yeah, we would like a meeting and we we would request a meeting immediately. Now, in the past, we've asked for other meetings with the Health Protection Surveillance Centre and we've been um, it's been quite slow getting a response. But this is extremely serious, particularly if a decision is made um, this evening to put the whole country onto level five, then we would need that meeting um, very, very soon. Because, well, we do know now that uh, there was to be a cabinet meeting tomorrow morning at eight. That's been brought back. It's going to happen in some way, shape or form today. So presumably we'll get an announcement of some kind. Well, we think we get an announcement of some kind this evening. Yeah, so I, I just heard that in your programme. So that's good to hear that the cabinet are meeting at least about the issue. Mm. So you'd hope to hear back from Norma Foley before then, would you? Yeah, we really would. And in particular, I mean, last night, as soon as the story broke after nine o'clock, several teachers contacted me. And amongst the teachers who contacted me were the teachers in the high risk group who are very worried about themselves at school anyway. And we've raised the issue over and over again. And there are people in that group who have serious diabetes, cancer and so on. And now because they fear that they're going to be in school with huge numbers of um, viruses spreading around, they really they're certainly worried. And I suppose the other problematic issue for teachers being in there with children and teenagers, uh, quite often if they have it, they won't even know. They could be positive and they could exhibit no symptoms at all. Well, that's what Professor Mills, who was one of my first interviews on it this morning, Professor Kingston Mills from Trinity, said huge numbers of people they're noticing now, particularly young people, don't even have a cough. No, they have no symptom at all. And the trouble is then, once that starts spreading in the community, it's the more elderly people or the vulnerable people will certainly show the symptoms and will suffer. And that's the unfortunate thing about this illness. Okay, all right. And we'll we'll watch it with interest as to what happens uh, for the rest of the day. But there's the president of the Association of Secondary Teachers, Anne Piggott uh, from Cork, asking to urgently meet Norma Foley, the Minister for Education, to discuss the possible Skipping to level five. Getting back to my conversation with with Linda. First of all, Bear. Hi, Bear. Wants to congratulate Linda on her award. She was a neighbour of my mother, and she was always such a lovely person. And uh, hi, PJ. My son just started in UCC, and he told me that his first laboratory is cutting up a fish. So some things never change. Oh yeah, when you did zoology in UCC years ago, part of the course was to learn. Forgive me now if this sounds a bit disgusting, but you had to learn to extract the brain from the head of a dogfish. Believe me, if you could do that, you could probably wear a plug as well. It was really difficult. It was it was the pass or fail for your bio, your zoology practicals. You had to get it out. 
1850-715-996. Text to WhatsApp 083-396-9696. The business sector is also up in arms about the possible return or upgrade, return to lockdown, if you want. We were never in level five before, but you know what I mean? You know what I'm getting at. Give me a Lord's Monday. Paul Trevode, good morning. You're not happy. How are you, sir? No, I'm not happy. It's probably just as well you played that song because otherwise you would have heard me moan for another three or four minutes too. So <laughs> let's let's just deal with what you're not happy about. Obviously, Paul, the situation is increasing in the country. We have a serious problem. We need to upgrade the restrictions. Yeah, look, a hundred percent. When this first happened back in March, we all turned around. This is new. It's uncharted territory. We don't know where we're going with this. And we just do whatever we're told to do, which is why we all did our lockdown. We went along with it. Everything was fine. And they said, look, we didn't know where we were at, but we should have learned something by now. And we should have learned how to communicate properly. When the last recession hit, all of a sudden there was an all-night meeting going on up in the door. So what the hell are we going to do here? It is beyond me, absolutely beyond me, that not a single politician has come out and said, look, guys, this was sprung on us too. We're going to meet with Netflix first thing in the morning. This is obviously crucial for how the country goes. So we'll come back with an answer as soon as we can. Nothing. It's nearly midday. Nothing. I, do I tell my staff they've no jobs? Do I cancel all my orders for the week? Do I ring all the people that are booked into the restaurant and say, I think we're going to be closed? I've already heard from friends of mine who said that they're literally empty today because as far as majority of people are concerned, we've gone into level five. And we're just kind of going, we guess what Netflix have to do. They have to fight for the safety of everyone in the country. But small self-employed businesses have to fight to keep their staff in a job, to keep their business open. So we have to fight our corner too. All we're asking for is a little bit of respect, a little bit of communication. Just tell us what the hell is going on, and we will bend over backwards for you as long as we know what's going on. The but original the moment, plan we was, haven't a clue. Yeah, the original plan was that the cabinet would not meet until their regular weekly meeting at eight o'clock tomorrow morning, but that the as I said earlier on, the civil servants with all the medical degrees and all the epidemiological, which of course they haven't, they'd meet first and then the subcommittee might meet. Now the cabinet seems to have been dragged kicking and screaming into the idea of a meeting later today, which will probably end up in an announcement this evening. Is that fast enough? I I like First of all, like what happened last night has made a mockery of what Neffet and the government came out with last week or two weeks ago with their five-point plan. They basically told us, lads, here's how this is going to work. If the numbers go this way in this county or that county, here's the different levels we're going up to. So we all go, great, that makes sense. We fully buy into that. Now all of a sudden we're all going straight to level five. So what's, what does that mean for the counties that have done everything right, have kept the numbers down? It's, I, I just don't get it. I understand. I know you're in Killarney. Kerry is, Kerry is still quite low. We're, we're very lucky, thanks be to God, particularly in Killarney and Kenmare and any of the places that I know around here in Kerry, is that because, like a lot of places, we have done our utmost to keep the town as safe as possible. We've all done everything that we possibly can. And do you know what, probably, Peter? It's probably just a bit of pure luck that the numbers in Kerry have stayed as low as they, as they have. But, I mean, so, of course, I'm going to be frustrated by saying, what do you mean? They don't understand that doing this, on top of the six months that we've gone through, is going to be the final nail in so many coffins. There was another restaurant in Killarney announced yesterday that they're gone into receivership. That's about five or six. I'm sure it's the same in Cork. I see all the friends and colleagues and peers that I have within the industry tweeting all the time saying, that's it, we're done. There's no coming back from this if they shut us down again. And there's people hanging on, there's people cashed in pensions to try and inject into their business to keep it afloat. And now all of a sudden you're saying, you're shutting us down for four weeks? 
And what happens in four weeks' time when all of a sudden little Johnny comes home with his usual cold and flu and sniffle? He has to be tested, so we have to shut down more businesses, and we have to shut down. It's just, it's just I don't know, PJ, it's just this pure frustration. On, uh, I'm trying to run your own business. You're trying to figure out what, how am I supposed to know what to do if the guy's on top have no idea what they're doing. Well, well caller on the phone says, like. if, you're, if you're reading the news and you have your undoubted business acumen, that you should know things are very serious and serious steps are likely to be taken and act accordingly off your own bat. You know, I get that. But, but like we just said two seconds ago, we don't have those numbers down in Kerry yet. So we were acting accordingly what we were told two weeks ago by Neffet. We, we were at stage two, possibly going to stage three. That, that's what we, we were looking at. And now all of a sudden it's shut down, guys. And that what's so frustrating is, is, is that what the answer is? Like, we don't know. Like, Neil Martin, I'm sorry, buddy, but you're running the country. Or Leo Varadkar, if you think you're running the country, one of you come out and say, look, guys, we're going to get a handle on this and we're going to be back to you by midday because we do realise just how many people this affects, this announcement, that, that how, much, how many people this affects. Yeah. But they, they, they can't be treating us like this forever, amen. We're, we would do anything that we're told to do. We're not being told what to do anything. Will you have to? Will you have to know? Do you think put your staff on a pup? <sighs> the answer is simply I don't know, PJ. I mean, I, I did a video when we first locked down that a load of people saw me breaking down in tears, saying I'm going to do everything I can to protect my staff. That's the way we always operate in Trebles. It's whatever we have to do to protect our staff. Um, but I mean, them themselves. Like I, one of the guys texted me earlier on, going, "What's the story? Are, are we open this week, or, or what's the story?" And I'm going, well, it's full steam ahead until we get some bit of clarification. But it's just like, and I put this on my tweet and I put it on, a, I went on a bigger rant on Facebook. I put it up to say, I don't know. I'm only asking the question. Is it because the powers that be do not have to worry are they getting paid on Friday? They don't have to worry if they'll have a job on Friday. They don't have to worry how much will they get paid on Friday. Is that why they are so far removed from the rest of the population that have no idea if we're getting paid or how much yeah. on Friday? Or do we have a job on Friday? And like, we need to turn around and say, look, lads, we're not making fun of you here, but you clearly have no concept of what the private sector is going through when you come out and say nothing at all. It's, it's, a, very, it's a very frightening 24 hours until we do get something concrete. Now, for yourself, Paul, you, you own your restaurant, which, which is great. But for people who are renting other businesses and people renting their homes and trying to pay mortgages, it's going to be another an agonising few weeks. Yeah, well, I mean, absolutely. I mean, even the people who own their, their buildings, they're still, they're, their landlord is still the bank. They're, they're yeah. still paying off their mortgages. Um, and it's just, it's just the whole uncertainty. I mean, I mean, you can understand the frustration where people now question, what have we done for the last six months? Why did we go through all that pain and suffering? And I know people are going to say, well, at least you're still alive. And I fully get that and I fully respect that. But the sacrifices that have been made you have to ask the question, and I don't know what the answer is, you have to ask the question, is lockdown the right thing to do? Because we did it, we suppressed it, we kept the curve low, down the effort, we stopped the curve, and now we're back again. We came out so of it too fast, people yeah, took but, it for I granted. Mean, well, that, that, yeah, look, there's always going to be a, a, an element of that. Look at I mean, that so down in Blackrock yesterday, Paul, and you know Blackrock as well as I do, hundreds of people out in the streets after a GA match, they were told I, not to. Yeah, I know. I mean, look, unfortunately, we can't throw stones. We had some gobshite on the top of a phone box in Killarney as well. Like, yeah, so, I mean, we uh, talked about I, it. I yeah. Think, yeah, I mean, it, that, it's in every town and every county across the country. Just these are the guys who are got recorded and was put up on social media. I mean, like, look, it's beyond frustrating. But I mean, at some stage, and again, with all due respect to anyone who suffered loss through this, 
at some stage we're going to have to ask ourselves the really tough question going, is lockdown the right thing to do? Because let's just say we lock down for another four weeks. Let's just say we lock down for another four months and we get it down to again of two cases, five cases, ten cases a day and no death. What happens when we open up again? Does that mean no. off we go again? They did it, they did it, in, like they did it in Queensland. They did it in most of Australia. They did it in most of New Zealand. They have their surges, but they get them under control quickly. We'll know in the next few hours. Paul, always a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks very much. That's Paul Trevode from Trevo's Restaurant in Killarney. A very worried businessman, like many others. People have, they need something within hours from Michal or Leo. They need it quickly. And they need it before tea time, I think, so people can plan their weeks. Mag says, heart disagree. I think Paul is saying, wishing him and every small business owner all the very best. The text poll, 69% of you, 69% of you say, yeah, let's go to level five and let's suck it up for a few weeks, hard and all as it might be. 1857-15996, that's it. Uh, due to, uh, to the programme Fergal produced and researched and we shall see you tomorrow just after that stay safe wash your hands wear your mask behave yourselves The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM with the Junction Supermarket Vickers Road everyday essentials fresh bakery and Asian foods open every day till late The Junction Supermarket Vickers Road Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.